And welcome again to the Great Stories Podcast. I'm your host for the show, Ryan Weber. And uh, what you have found today is a podcast where I sit across the table from another human being and we hear their story. Uh, The goal of these stories is to just hear about a real person's walk with a real God. And it's what it's looked like in their life to follow Christ, uh, how they came to know Him, some of the highs, some of the lows, and just maybe what's next, what they're learning, what God's teaching them. These stories are real. They're unscripted, unedited. There's no time limit. There's no uh, objective. These are just real conversations with real people. And uh, it's such a privilege to do this show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, If you want to follow the show on uh, Facebook, just look for The Great Stories Podcast on there, and you can just stay up to date on what's coming on. And I'm actually experimenting with doing some uh, live videos on our Facebook, uh, actually my personal Facebook page. And uh, I tried that tonight with my guest today. It seemed to work out pretty well. There were some people watching and commenting. It was kind of fun. Uh, you can just get a window into the podcasting world. <laughs> uh, if you want to support the show, there's basically three ways to do that. The, the first way and the foremost way uh, is to share them. Uh, we t- cover a lot of topics. If you hear something that reminds you of somebody, just send them a link to the show. Uh, give it a you know five-star rating, thumbs up on whatever platform you're listening to it on. And uh, that just helps to spread the word. Uh, not so that the Great Stories podcast can be great, but so that the God we talk about can be known. Uh, the second way, we have a Patreon account. Just search for the Great Stories podcast on patreon.com. And of course, if you want to come on the show, Please come on the show. Support it that way. Tell your story. Get it out there. Everyone's got one. And uh, it's such a joyful experience. Come on the show. Uh, Shoot me an email at thegreatstoriespodcast at gmail.com. So today, again, like I said, uh, we did a live Facebook video for this. So you can actually find the video for this interview on uh, the Great Stories Podcast Facebook page. And uh, I talked to a good friend of mine named W.K. Poon. Uh, Waikiki Poon is his full name, but everyone calls him Dub K. Uh, great story. I've known the guy for a couple of years. I got to know him just through the church, building stuff. You know, he's a handy guy. I'm a handy guy. We kind of hit it off and just became friends. And, you know, we served in the high school ministry together, a couple things like that. And I just get to know this guy. And, and gosh, I, I admire his character. I admire his heart, his love for other people, uh, and just his dedication to serve people and just make the name of Christ known. And that's why he came on this show. And uh, I'm so glad we got to do that. Also, there's a little bit of personal news about Dub K that he broke right here on the Great Stories podcast. Uh, but I'll let you find that for yourself. Uh, it was so cool. It's one of the first times I've been kind of like uh, lost for words on my own show. So uh, with that, I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoyed recording it. Here we go. Right then, W.K. Poon, welcome to the Great Stories Podcast. Thank you. You're here. <laughs> Good job. You found it. I made it. Uh, tell me, what is the, the most recent free thing that you've managed to acquire? Ooh. <laughs> I was just telling someone today wow. about, like, of all the people I know, you find the most, like, deals and free stuff I've ever heard of in my life. Well, I just I just sold something. So I sold a couple of um, figures. Uh, they're Iron Man and War Machine. Ooh. So I got those 
probably eight years ago. Okay. In Hong Kong for 80 bucks. Two. Two for 80 bucks. Dang. So I had them on my shelf. Yeah. For eight years, I guess. And I just sold them for 140 bucks. So I didn't get them for free. I got to display them and made money. So I made 60 bucks off of it. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Iron Man and War Machine? Yeah. They're like. They come together? No, they're like two separate things. But I bought the. Well, the funny thing is, here's the funny thing. All right. The funny thing is, I bought the war machine because it was on sale. Okay. So that thing only cost like 30 bucks. Yeah, war machine's not a big deal. Yeah, but then war machine's not a big deal. I was like, right. oh, I can't just display this by, my, by itself. So I was like, okay, I, 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 I basically put in more cash and pay 50 bucks for the Iron Man. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, I buy the other one. Okay. But so, yeah, so they were just displayed that's kind of what i do i buy toys and then display them and you know usually it's like five eight years down the line i don't yeah. even notice i'm like oh there's, i don't have any space for this stuff so i start looking on ebay like just kind of checking prices and then people are like oh i was like oh these are worth money i'm gonna sell them <laughs> how often do things appreciate versus like deteriorate in value um, like, do you, do you kind of know what stuff to look for or is it usually it's like if it's classic like okay. I have a, I have a whole bunch of transformers that basically appreciates only, right? So uh, I have original like Generation One Optimus Prime transformer that like Ooh, dang. they don't even they don't even make those anymore because they basically broke the mold. Yeah, they they remade it to a it's like a sleeker body. It's it's kind of weird, but what are they trying to slim Optimus down for? Yeah, they're he's a space <laughs> he's a space robot. Come on, yeah. So yeah, those you know stuff like that, but like. Um, I don't know. I never got into like all the pop figures. A yeah. lot of the pop figures, like only sp- very specific ones, actually worth money. Most of them. What's they, a what's a pop figure? Those little plastic vinyl things. You know those. You've seen them. They make all characters like Marvel. It's like little plastic guy, Captain America. Like, they yeah. have a little stand on them. No, no, they're just plastic <laughs> vinyl figures. You, they just kind of they're like they're like this tall, about five inches, four inches, and they're they, just standard. They don't move. Their head like turned. Okay, okay. But they don't really talking. move. Yeah, right. they don't really move. So, how did you decide to make that your like collector hobby? I didn't. When it just. <laughs> I just like him, and then I buy it. Right. And then, eventually, like, it's just worth money all of a sudden. Like I had this classic eighteen-inch <laughs> alien figure that was like super detailed. Yeah. I bought it. Oh, like, like alien. Yeah, like, yeah, the actual alien. Like Sigourney, alien Sigourney Weaver alien. Yeah. Yeah, alien okay. predator. So I bought that like a long time ago when it was on clearance and Toys R Us for like twenty three bucks. And I like I think it was ten years down the line, it was like, Oh, this thing's worth like hundred and fifty bucks. I'm gonna sell it. <laughs> so I buy new toys. That's why my wife lets me buy toys because I right. I fund my own hobby through sales. As, as soon as that becomes not profitable, <laughs> it's gone, right? <laughs> but I'm not I'm not a true collector in that sense. Okay. Like I don't keep this stuff forever. Right. Like a true collector will never sell it. They oh, right, right. You're, you're fine with selling stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I just enjoy it on a shelf for a while. I don't, you know, it's not like I play with them. I just put them on a shelf, and right. after a while, I just collect stuff and then use a paintbrush or brush it off and sell it. But but you've acquired many other things for free that I, I know. I have yeah. a couple of things. You've given me things and told me, yeah, I got this I got this for free. Oh, yeah. from, I have a, a phone charger, yeah. like a little, little power jumper thing. Um. That that crazy little lighter, oh yeah, yeah, the, the arc the, lighter, the yeah. arc lighter. That's yeah, yeah. That's, that's the weirdest. Cool. I played with that 
until it died. <laughs> you can recharge it. I know I could recharge it, but I was burning. <laughs> I was just burning random things just to see if it would work. I didn't. I never had the guts to touch it, though. I, I figured the. Uh, I, I didn't either. It's like a little taser. <laughs> I saw it. And I was like, uh, probably people. There's probably YouTube videos of people do it and stuff like that. Oh, I so bet. I bet. I didn't look it up, but no, you sure. you scored a vehicle for free. I did. Yeah. Well, I my, my friends gave it to me, so okay. He just he just randomly. I went to his house to help him paint some paint his house. Yeah. He just got a new house. They moved, so went to go help him, and then he picked me up. We went to the uh, a hardware store in his car. Yeah. It was like a two thousand five <laughs> or something like that. Two thousand five BMW three right. series. And I was like, "What are you doing with this car?" He's like, "Well, <laughs> he's a mechanic, so one of his clients just gave it to him," and he's like. I was like, this was like my dream car when I was in high school. I really wanted this car. He's yeah. Like, you want it? I'll give it to you. So he just basically signed over the deed and like Dude. the DMV and paid for the registration and basically that was it. Dude, everybody needs a friend like that. That's crazy. But it ended up, the crazy thing was that car ended up having so many problems. Oh. The, the AC was broken. The AC actually broke one week later. And then right. the power steering started going out. And then it's leaking major motor oil. So, like, when I'm driving it, I need so, to, like, roll the windows down. Otherwise, it stinks because it's, like, burning oil. The question is, did he know that? He probably did. <laughs> when he gave it he, to you. He, he knew there was a motor oil leak. He gave you a lemon. So. Nice. Yeah. But I got to drive, drive for a while. But eventually, I realized I don't really like it because it's, huh. it's really stiff driving. Because if you yeah. know old BMWs, it's got the hydraulic steering, yeah. and it's, I yeah. don't really like it. My arms are too weak for that now. Huh. You're, you're more of a luxury guy. Yeah, mid-range, I guess. You're well. Are you becoming a van guy? No. Yeah, I just got a van. Yeah. I bought my dad's old van. A minivan? Yeah, Toyota Sienna, two thousand six. Oh wow! So it's brand new. <laughs> Daddy WK, you go from a, a Beamer to a Mazda to a minivan. That's right. Well, I had the Mazda for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I got to ride in it the other day. Oh really? Yeah. You like it? it for those who don't know, WK actually gave his Mazda uh, 3, whatever, to my goddaughter. Yeah. Uh, He's such a stud. I can't believe you did that. That's crazy. People aren't supposed to know. Oh. Well, they're, they're going to know. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, a, it's a generous thing, man. Well, I woke up one morning. You're not supposed to be the one to tell people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I woke up one morning and, and I just felt God telling me I need to give my car away. Wow. And... um. Partly because we've been thinking about getting a van anyways. Yeah. But then the only person that I know that drives a stick yeah. is her. Right. I, I don't know anybody else. So I was like, well. That's true. So I was like, and I knew she was going to transferring to college and she probably yeah. needs a car. And I was like, yeah, she just came to mind. So I was like, yeah. yeah. So I you know, talked to her, talked to you. And then it was like, all of a sudden, it just happened. Didn't take a lot of convincing. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Well, hopefully, I didn't give her a lemon. Yeah, we'll see. If if it starts leaking oil, <laughs> steering falls out, <laughs> air conditioner stops. I no, that's a that's a pretty awesome. Thank you for doing that. I already released my that, liability, so it's, it's okay. first now. You're good. Right on. <laughs> the, the warranty is <laughs> already expired. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing right with on. that was I, I, the conviction to give her a car was like one thing. Yeah. And I got convicted to like just bless her. Yeah. So I actually got like brand new tires for her, so she wouldn't have to worry about it. Like, get out of here. Yeah, I've changed all the like the air filter and stuff like that, so she wouldn't have to worry about it. It's like, oh, 
That girl. Yeah, and then even when we were at the DMV, yeah, I felt convicted to pay the registration. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like, oh, it's too much. I said I was gonna give it to you for free, so yeah, yeah, free I'll just pay. I just pay. Free means free, right? That's right. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, huh? no, that that girl, I, I'm. There's big things ahead of her. Oh yeah, she's uh she's a pretty unique little flower. She is, and uh, yeah, thank you. No, no, it's pretty awesome. It's, we're we're blessed to be able to bless people. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, um, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Uh, so I want to. What, what I normally do is, I just kind of take it back to the beginning mm -hmm. and like help me understand where you came from where you're born family you know i don't even know what country you were born in i, I feel like <laughs> like we've been friends for a while now and I, there's all these things i don't know so i'm excited to like kind of dig through your closet and yeah. figure out what's in there yeah. right <laughs> yeah so um i was born in hong kong so that's okay. uh when it was under british rule so it was still a british colony back then so I was born in um, 82. Okay. So It's a good year. Yeah, yeah, we're the same age. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I immigrated to America in 89, September 5th of 89. Okay. So I was seven years old. So my whole family immigrated, and it was me, two brothers, and my parents. Okay. So I have two older brothers. So oh. basically, I had a backpack with two dinosaurs, puppets. Those... Um, <laughs> The first thing you brought was toys the, with the you. The Land Before Time. Yeah. I had two little hand puppets, and then I had a panda, stuffed panda that I brought over. Nice. That's all I remember. Any so, clothes? <laughs> well, they were in the suitcase. Okay. In my little backpack that I had. Right. You brought, you brought your most prized. That's right. Possession. That's right. <laughs> so I came over in 89, and then we lived in um, Oakland. Okay. So we lived, in a, we lived with my grandparents. So we were in a pretty decent neighborhood of Oakland that was in Glenview. Okay. So... Yeah, if if you know Oakland, that's a pretty decent neighborhood. So I went okay. to Glenview Elementary, and then after a while, we kind of we lived in the basement of my grandparents' house, and then eventually we kind of moved out and rented our own place, kind mm. of in that same area. And did you did you know any English when you came? I knew a little bit of English because we took English in oh. Hong Kong. There, I okay. think I had one class in English or something like that, but right. I was only in first grade, so it wasn't like. I knew a lot. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, I, I remember knowing some, but we had ESL teachers back then. So okay. English as second language teachers. So yeah. uh, her name's Miss Y. So she's like super awesome. Uh, she was actually a Christian. Hmm. So we didn't know that, but yeah. So she actually spent a lot of time uh, teaching us English. Huh. And she would actually stay after after school and kind of like, kind of like take care of us and teach us English and tutor wow. us while my parents would come later to pick us up. Wow. Which is crazy. Kind of like free childcare service. Yeah, but, that's that's pretty unusual. Yeah, it's, it's pretty unusual. So yeah, she went above and beyond. None of my teachers wanted anything to do with me after school. <laughs> well, I was a pretty good kid. <laughs> who who had the, the hardest time learning English between your brothers? Um, Probably it, me. It's weird. I'm really? the youngest. But yeah, usually you probably. think that whoever's younger... You know, kind of picks it up quicker. Well, I had the. Well, I was just I was just sharing my MC the other day. Yeah. And you know, we used to get 
my parents as incentive for um for for studying <coughs> would give us two dollars for every a we got in our report card and if we got straight a's meaning six a's 4.0 then we'll get 20 bucks hmm. so that was an incentive but me i don't know why i always got 3.83 i always got a b in english i've only gotten an a in english once in my whole like 11 years of <laughs> High school, middle school, Dang. elementary. It's crazy. I always get B's. I don't know why. It's, huh. it's ridiculous. But so I guess I had the hardest time learning English. So because my brother got like 4.0s and stuff. So. All right. Where's your brothers now? I, I don't think I've ever met them. They are, they're, one's in Dublin, one's in Cachorale. Okay. So. They're not crazy far away then? No, no. They're yeah. close because my parents are in San Leandro. So. Right on. Yeah. So when you guys immigrated here. What what was the reasoning for it? Uh, the reasoning was because uh, Hong Kong was going back to China in '97, so okay. So my dad was like afraid of that. So it's they were you know mm. it's there's still like you know a lot of stuff going on in Hong Kong. Yeah, but yeah, basically it's gonna become somewhat like under communist rule. So my right. parents wanted a brighter future for us, so they immigrated for us here. And yeah. kind of story is like. My grandparents are divorced. So my on my dad's side, my grandparents are divorced. So my real grandfather is in America. Okay. So he's the one that kind of like, like, basically vouched for us and like. So he went. Turning, turning. He went ahead, and then he like. Yeah. Yeah. So you and came he signed out, all the okay. papers, so and basically immigrated his son and his whole family or just yeah. us over. So. Yeah, communism isn't known for the bright future. Yeah, that's <laughs> aspect, what my dad right? was scared of. I mean, yeah, and my dad doesn't really speak English, and my mom <clears throat> speaks like no English at all. It's still, crazy. still, uh, she yeah. speaks a little bit, but like enough barely. to get by. Yeah, supermarket English, right? Oh, she goes to Chinese supermarkets. Oh, <laughs> she guess. doesn't drive either, so it's like huh. she's yeah, kind of in her own little world. Then, yeah, she is, yeah. and and it's it's. Well, it's kind of cool because, like, my parents bought a place in San Leandro, and then afterwards they open a Chinese supermarket, like, pretty close. So she just oh. kind of walks there. So she didn't have to walk, drive, and which is pretty cool. Uh-huh. But then my dad's retired now, so he can kind of drive her. So. What was his profession? He was uh, a telecommunications guy. So he installed okay. equipment for at AT&T for different companies. Okay. Like, all their equipment. So that's what he did. So we kind of did that in Hong Kong too, and so when yeah. he came to America, he, he basically kind of followed the same line of work and huh. was a started as an installer and eventually got up to being a project manager. Yeah, I guess that stuff is everywhere, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not going to go out, out of style. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, keep going. Then. Tell me about what what was grade school like, middle school like, and uh, for a, a freshly immigrated Hong Kong. What would you call a, a person from Hong Kong? Is there... Hong Kong? Uh, that's it? <laughs> I guess. Because I mean, they don't want to be labeled as mainlanders right. in China. Right. So, so, yeah, saying Chinese wouldn't be yes. really kosher, right? So, yeah, so we yeah we speak Cantonese. Like Okay. So, yeah, Faye was in here. She speaks Mandarin. Yeah. So that's like the main language in China. Right. So right. we speak like a minority language. Uh, but anyways, it's Cantonese. Cantonese. That's what Hong Kong speaks. Cantonese. So okay, um, good to know. Yeah. So <laughs> um, 
it actually wasn't that bad because that's part of the reason I kept my Cantonese. I'm fluent in Cantonese. Still, yeah. yeah I'm fluent. Uh, so I can speak. I, can, I can't really read, but I can speak. So, uh, yeah, because we basically had a few other people from Hong Kong who immigrated. So yeah. first day I went to school, I already like have like Hong Kong speaking, Chinese, Cantonese speaking friends. Oh, right on. So there's like four of us. Yeah. You know, and then eventually there are more. So we all go to the same ESL teacher. So we kind of knew each other. So. Right on. Yeah, a little crew. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we picked up English pretty fast. I just was never really good at like reading and stuff like that. So. Me neither. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. I, I couldn't read for beans. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think growing up in elementary school, I think I think it was okay. We it was pretty diverse. Like yeah, Oakland. I mean, yeah, even, yeah, it was pretty diverse. I remember you know having friends from all different colors. Yeah, and and this is just the way it was. And I didn't remember <laughs> this is a funny story. I do remember this one girl like remember in second grade when i first went to school and like this girl like blonde hair blue eyes like i was like wow <laughs> and yeah it's, it's wow i didn't even realize but i i just realized that her name or just remembered that her name was diana which is my wife's name Ooh, which is crazy weird which is crazy but anyways <laughs> so yeah <laughs> I remember having that moment like, ah, you know, jaw yeah, drop. Right. Oh, she's like pretty. In second grade. It's crazy. Uh, and then you can't talk. <laughs> I never did talk to her. <laughs> oh. The one that got away. No, I caught somebody better. Thankfully so. Yeah. I'm glad too. Diana's pretty awesome. She is. Um, so here, here's a question. What was the, your... Uh, spiritual religious condition at, at home as a kid like what what were you raised in so um my dad was a christian in hong kong yeah he actually got saved at a billy graham crusade in hong kong really yeah yeah get out of here crazy yeah dude but um that I, billy yeah billy but, got around but after he got married i think he slowed down quite a bit and especially when when he had kids so he stopped like, going to church altogether in hong kong hmm. so but we when we first immigrated in september in 89 um my mom started working at um basically uh we're pretty poor so she started working at she didn't speak english so she Mm. worked at a factory where they packaged herbs and spices okay so it was i think san francisco natural herbs and spices company or something like that okay i think they're still around but anyways i think i've been there yeah 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 there's there's a huge warehouse in uh in milpitas Actually, they just tore it down, but there was. Yeah. They, yeah. they were in uh, they were at Emerville for a while, and then yeah. they moved to Fremont, I think. Yeah. And then, I don't know where they were. They're went. not there anymore. I think Tesla tore them down and built something. Yeah, there. they were near Tesla before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, that's... But but by that time, my mom had already stopped working. Okay. So, she was going to Emerville, and yeah, basically, one of her co-workers, basically, like a lot of non-English speaking people work in a warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> she knows all the spices names. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, one of our coworkers invited us to a Thanksgiving dinner at their church that huh. that the fir- the first year we made it, you know, two months later, and we actually went. And I guess the pace of work in America was a little slower then. We we actually really? started go. We started going to church like every Sunday after that. All right. So it was this little church in Oakland, MacArthur. Now they basically uh, they recently bought a building yeah. and they moved to downtown San Diego. 
Okay. So they're still in existence, and yeah. So huh. yeah, we went to this church. It's like ninety people, so it's like a family house church. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's how we kind of got back into Christianity, or that's how I first started experiencing Christianity. Yeah. My dad never really talked about it growing up. Right. Or, or I was too young, or I don't remember. So. Hmm. What was that church called again? Did you say it? I don't remember. Some they change. They changed names recently too. So okay. Yeah. So I don't. Darn it! When churches do that, it's so confusing. But that's <laughs> I not. Can't, yeah, I can't that's, take it. I I was there. I was there for many years, um, growing up, right? And yeah, I actually stopped going to church in high school. Hmm. So, well. Before I get there, I kind of have to go a little f- further back, right? Like, give us more backstory. Yeah. So the 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 thing is, uh, Glenview. So from first to fifth grade was pretty good. So that's yeah. elementary school back then. First to fifth grade, and uh, actually first to sixth grade. What am I talking about? First to sixth grade, and then we moved afterwards. So we moved uh, to um, near High Street. Okay. High Street and near, kind of near International Boulevard. Yeah. So it's pretty uh, near Fremont High. That's where we moved to. Okay. So, yeah, Fremont High in Oakland is is, is kind of weird, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, we it's it's if you know that area, it's kind of ghetto. Yeah. So it's a pretty ghetto area. So that whole moved, yeah, internationally yeah, that whole side. Yeah, yeah. MLK so, Junior Parkway runs up around. Yeah. So we kind of grew up there, and we basically. I went to mid- middle school in Bret Hart, Bret Hart Junior High. Okay. And then I went to Skyline High, high school. So I think we used somebody's address for, for that. Otherwise, uh, I would have been going to Fremont High. Yeah. Which Skyline was supposedly a better school back then, so. Yeah. I guess it was. Forrest, Forrest Gump's from there. No. Yeah. The, the real Forrest Gump? Yeah, Tom Hanks. I graduated from. Oh, uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. no, 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 <laughs> so no, no, no. Was he a real guy? I <laughs> no. thought they made that up. Okay, Tom Hanks Tom is Hanks. from Skyline. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, claim to fame. Claim to fame. <laughs> we got Tom Brady at my <laughs> high school. Oh, Barry Bonds too. Oh, really? So take that. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, Tom Hanks went to the moon. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't. They almost right. They had almost, to, to slingshot around the dark side and all that. Right. Dang it! So yeah, middle school. I went to Bret Hart, and um, it was rough. That's when it got rough. Hmm. Um, uh, my life got a lot rougher when, once middle school got around. So I was basically taking a bus. I had to take two bus, and it took like probably forty five minutes before I get to hmm. to 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 school, and I got to take forty five minutes back. And I gotta take the bus up High Street, which is pretty iffy. So I'm this. Imagine this like really short Asian Chinese kid. Yeah. Just kind of walking around in a pretty ghetto neighborhood. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the life I grew up in. So in at Burkhardt, I was I was we were basically picked on all the time, mm. like on the bus. Um, get I got I remember getting beat up in the locker room for no reason, just because I was Asian. Wow, this is a Chinese kid. I, I don't know. That happens a lot. Like my friends would get their like hair get set on fire for no reason. They just put a lighter up to it and burn his hair, which is weird. So dang, yeah. So we got we got a lot of physically physical bully. We got wow. bullied physically. So so like nowadays you get f- cyber bullied, but we, we yeah we like physically got bullied. Right. So yeah, tons of incidents where you know. 
yeah, I'm I'm just walking home from school and these kids come up to me like wants to steal my bus pass or like steal my watch or whatever it is and like they basically like took it right like kicked kicked me in the back of the head. I remember getting kicked in the back of the head because I was just short Asian kid and they just ran up to me like I walked away when they tried to take my watch and I walked away yeah. and he just like drop kicked me. I guess it didn't really hurt, but I it's like I don't know. But that's kind of the thing that I went through. So wow. Where did your brothers experience a oh yeah a similar yeah my brother my brother got a black guy uh on the bus and and we're like you know you already know when you get on the bus you sit like pretty much in the front yeah front seats where they're sideways and they're facing each other I don't know if the buses are still like that but I haven't taken a bus for a while the city buses are yeah yeah so you only sit in those seats because any further back you know it's like unsafe you know and and yeah that's we only sat at the front of the bus because you know or if all the seats are taken you stand there because it's you know yeah so I grew up with a lot of fear especially since 6th grade yeah yeah Yeah, I think yeah one of the yeah I think that was kind of the thing I grew up in so um, yeah, I remember this one incident. I was like telling talking about it. this is one of the more traumatic incidents. Yeah, I was in um, where it was lunchtime. I was just standing there eating, minding my own business, and eating lunch. And somebody behind us threw a, a, a soda can over our heads to some of these other people, and for some reason they thought it was me. Like <laughs> I don't know, I don't know why they would think it's me. So I got chased to the middle of the playground. And you know, the, the, the playground has those little circles where you run laps around. Like They're pretty big. You know, they're like yeah. an eighth of a mile per, per <clears throat> circle. So right. I ran to the middle of that circle in the playground. The whole circle was filled with people. Probably a handful of people wanting to like pound my face to the ground because they think I threw a soda can. And I was scared. Like, I just, yeah. Everywhere I look, I'm surrounded by basically a crowd. I'm encircled in this little, 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 little. Yeah, I'm in this little circle, and I'm like, this is in sixth grade. This is sixth or seventh grade. Sixth or seventh grade. So, and the crazy thing was, this. I I, to this day, I think, you know, I I call her an angel. Hmm. Some girl, basically, I think is one of the guy's girlfriends. Like she was there, she covered my head and walked me out of the circle like untouched to the principal's office i was like wow like it's the weirdest thing i don't know who it is i wow never found her but that's what happened i was untouched and walked out of that circle i was like wow it's so like so throughout my life even though i was experiencing hard times there's snippets and of 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 of, of like just light that I see just God kind of provide pr- protecting me through the incidents. Yeah. I wasn't like majorly harmed, right? So there were time there was a time I it was yeah, just just a lot of fear. There's a time when I was sitting in the classroom and there's a the the guys next to me at the table. And one guy kind of like under the table pulls out a gun. Uh it, <laughs> it looked like I think it was a 38. So he pulls out a gun from his backpack and says, "Oh, this is this is my dad's." 
the class is going on so for some reason i'm sitting in the back of the class i don't remember yeah. i don't know i don't remember why but sitting in the back of the class okay and then i i'm just kind of like glancing out of the corner of my eye i don't dare to look over right so out of the corner of my eyes i see all this happening this guy's showing his friend the gun and the i can faintly hear the other guy saying you shoot somebody it's weird <laughs> like what? it's oakland man i guess it's oakland so and the guy like basically points the gun kind of towards me i can like see it out of the corner of my eyes i just like just freaked out i froze so i just kind of sat there in silence and it i don't even remember what happened i think either they put it away or the class i think the class ended and then as soon as i heard the bell ring i kind of like walked out the door turned the corner and like ran to my next classroom yeah so scared so scared <laughs> Uh, eventually, I think they got caught and they were expelled. But, but yeah, it's, fair. it's, it's just crazy. It's, yeah, those are my scary moments in life. Gosh. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. You know, it's, it's I mean, interesting because I, I am who I am because I've gone through that. Yeah. Um, I mean, God protected me through it, right? I didn't, I didn't die. I'm obviously still here. Um, that's, that's where the crazy story goes, right? I, I kind mm. of have all this, all this fear and all this bitterness built up against God. I yeah. was blaming God. I knew God, I knew I was saved, but at the same time, I was blaming him for allowing all this suffering in my life. Hmm. Like I, I was wrestling with it and I was like, God, I just, I just like hate you because you, allow, I'm, I'm. I'm this kid who's obedient to my parents. Yeah. I do my best in school and I listen and I'm basically, you know, obedient, good kid. Why, why am I experiencing all this crap that I have no control over? So, but the tides turn, right? The tides turn because eventually I kind of just kind of hide away and survive yeah. middle school. And, um, I think I was, I think I was, you know, thinking back, I think I was lucky or, you know, God kind of ordained it this way. Hmm. Um, the year I went to high school, I actually jumped into being a sophomore. I was never a freshman because they switched the system from junior high to middle school. So I was, junior high was 6th, 7th, 8th. Yeah. And then, uh, or or 7th, 8th, and 9th or something like that. 7th, 8th, and 9th. I think that's what it was. Huh. And then it was high school was like 10, 11, 12. Yeah. And then they made the f major switch where high school was uh, 9, nine. 10, 11, 12. And then by that, but then I was already in eighth grade. So I went from, uh, I was already in ninth grade in middle right. school. Okay. Or junior high. So I went from ninth grade in junior high to, to 10th grade. A in sophomore high school. In high school. So Weird. I, I was never a freshman. Which is good. I've never, I, I've never heard that. I probably would have been picked on even right. more as a freshman. <laughs> you can skip that year. So I got to skip a year, and somebody else got picked on. Right? I, I don't know. Yeah, you more, were, you were people. never, you were never in the younger class in high school. That's weird. Never, wow. never. Yeah, it's, I just skipped. I've never heard of a seventh, eighth, ninth. Yeah, no, that was middle school. Uh, That's kind of odd. I was in nineties. I've heard of six, seven, eight. That's what mine was. Yeah, nineties. Because that, that's when I grad. I graduated in Skyline, uh, two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess it's three years before that they swapped. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. So, so did your parents know about the the bullying and stuff that was going on? They knew a little bit, 
like they knew they knew from our brother coming home with a black guy they knew yeah it's hard to hide yeah when i when somebody stole my bus pass i mean i need a new bus pass to take the bus to school so i yeah asking so, where to go yeah i mean so you tried to, to tell him or yeah, was, I mean, was there was I, there any like anyone you could talk to or anything or no um i told my parents actually my dad actually tried to do something once it was funny because the same kid that like stole my bus pass yeah i think i we we went back it was i don't know why i don't even know why we did this like we went back to the bus stop yeah and then we waited and then those same kids came to like pick on us again huh. and then he I, th- he I think he punched me in the face or jaw or something like that and huh. punched me in the cheek and i just kind of stood there and then my dad was driving around looking for them yeah and then actually he made a u-turn and came back up high street or came back down high street and found them and the kids got so scared they left their bike and ran <laughs> so we sat at the first bike. free bike right there right <laughs> Well, we sat at the bike and then basically <coughs> just sat there. And then eventually the mom showed up mm. and I was like, that's my kid's bike. I was like, and then my dad basically said, you know, your kid's picking on my kid. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't remember ever seeing him again, but you know, we, I just kind of avoid everything. Like, you know, throughout my bus, taking a bus career, I just kind of avoid everything. Like yeah. low profile, hideaway at school. Right. It's out of sight, out of mind, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, even in high school, I was fearful to go to the restroom. That's mm. where all the people smoke. That's right. That's where you get jumped. That's where you get your money taken away from you. You just find a bathroom that's less traveled, right? No, there's no less traveled bathroom. Oh. The only bathroom I went to was gym. Mm. That was, or during class, and you have to get, like, a special pass, and you can only do that at a certain time. Right. So, there's this one year I had gym first period. And it was horrible because that was the only time. I think that's where I get this habit of not drinking water. Like, I don't huh. drink much water because I just don't go to the bathroom. Just, but, yeah, stay dehydrated. And, you know, wow. So, yeah, that's kind of where I grew up. And, yeah. That's rough, man. It is. Dude. Rough. Yeah, it's rough. But, yeah, I, I wasn't there, but, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you. I guess it, it's not right. It's you know it's not it's not right. But they see the story continues. It does. I made it right. So mm. in high school, I started hanging out with these people mm. uh, because these people allowed me to feel safe. Mm. So I started hanging out with a crew that would protect me, right? And what, what kind of crew are we talking about? Uh, I was like a kind of like Asian crew. Like there's some Vietnamese in there, there's some Chinese people in there. So okay. So there's these people, basically, I started hanging out with them, and because I was associated with the crew, I felt more safe. Yeah. You know, and people were, like, kind of watching over me. Right. Um, but I, I specifically remember this one incident um, in high school where one of the people in our crew, like, somebody talked smack with him. And basically, we set up a we set up a one on one, you know, fight it out thing. You and me, yeah. After school, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Okay. And 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 it was supposed to be a one on one, but when the fight started, basically we surrounded that one kid, hmm. and we basically kicked him to the ground, and he was on the ground covering his head, and we still kicked him. There's like probably like fifteen of us oh. surrounding him, kicking him, 
kicking him down. And actually, that that was a pivotal change in my life because I realized that the person right here too. Sounds feels like there's water dripping in the wall. It's a strange noise. Okay. Yeah. Nothing we can do. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Kicking I, this kid. I, back back to beating this kid. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, I I walked away from that realizing I became one of the people I hated the most. I became a bully mm. myself. I used my so-called power to oppress others. Right. And actually from that day on, I, I actually walked away from that crew. Huh. And it was actually in good time because that's when one of them actually invited me to like legitly join a gang right so i was in high school i was almost going to join a gang but i think what brought me back was realizing i became a bully myself yeah and realizing that my parents didn't raise me this way so we grew up in a very loving family my mom as soon as we were able to kind of make it like my mom like stayed home to watch us again right like that's what she did in hong kong she didn't work when we first came here, she was pretty poor, and we had to do that. And so, yeah, and eventually it got to a point where she, she my dad made, I guess, enough money hmm. for us to survive, and my mom didn't have to go to work anymore. So, but yeah, I think, you know, parents' love always brings it back. Yeah. And that's that experience, you know, brought me back. And I was like, oh, I, I can't be this person. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Even, even if I'm fearful of what's going to happen to me. I can't be this person. So, yeah, I used to bring, I used to be so fearful. I used to bring a pipe to school, had it in my backpack, 12 <laughs> inch pipe. I brought knives to school because it made me feel safer, right? Yeah. Not, I don't even know if I'll ever use it, but it just made me feel safer. You never had to? No, I'm probably too scared to use it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just the idea of it making me feel like I have something. Yeah. But, you know, but yeah. most of the time I try to avoid everything. I just kind of yeah. like hide in the corner, you know, mind my own business and go to class and just leave and go home. And hmm. That's the way it was. And things eventually got better when I, uh, when I started driving, I guess. Hmm. We still lived in the neighborhood, but right. at least I didn't have to take the bus and I didn't have to be in the streets and yeah, it, it felt a little safer. So. Okay. I've never paused a podcast before. But we're gonna pause, okay? Because I can't, we we can't do this with that stinking pipe. <laughs> we didn't figure out what it is. Okay, so we'll pause it here. Hang on, we're gonna figure this out. Hang on. What is that noise? It's probably rain from a duct or something. It's hitting a duct. It's crazy. I've had the dog drinking water. Oh, is it dripping? I'm gonna turn the heater off altogether. I think it's that. Okay. That was crazy. I've had trains. I've had the dog <laughs> snoring over here, but that noise is like what? Because that kind of frequency goes in the. Yeah, because I heard it through the headphones. Yeah, I was hearing yeah, it. And I thought like, it was oh. like something in the system. Okay. <clears throat> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> we found a solution to the problem. Problem solved. So you're, how long was that, was that period of time where you're with, you know, the crew and all that? That was probably, that was, yeah. that was probably, um, 
a year and a half. Was that long? Yeah, yeah. Maybe a year, year and a half. I don't I don't remember. Like I'm not really good with dates, so that's really hard to <laughs> Me so. neither. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had people that can tell me, Yeah, it was in August of eighty five or it was like what? Really? Yeah. <laughs> you could do that? Yeah, Chase like, does that. It's like a superpower. Yeah. So eventually I kind of walked away from that crew and just started going back to like people studying and then playing basketball. So that's what I was doing. So, and throughout all of this, my, my parents actually didn't know. I still never really sat down and told them that I almost joined the gang. Like, yeah. They still don't know. <laughs> they, well, they, 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 even if they hear this, they won't know. Yeah, they're, they're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> so it's, you know, all of this was hiding happening in the background yeah and i don't even, i think i stopped going to church by that time okay so it got to a point where i just told my parents you know church it's not that i don't believe there's a god it's not that i don't believe jesus died for me i i completely understood what it was and i completely took it and i knew that if even when i didn't go to church i died if i died i would go to heaven hmm. i knew that clearly but at the same time i was like telling my parents you know going to church is kind of like a family thing i didn't really take any ownership of it and it's just like a ritual on sundays yeah it's not that i didn't believe it it's just you know deep down i was really bitter at god for allowing all this stuff to happen to me hmm. and i was basically wrestling with him i was like i'm not going to church you know you you you, you allowing all this stuff to happen to me right uh, i'm not gonna go to church so i just stopped going and my parents were like uh, you know my pa- I always describe my parents as like non-traditional Chinese parents, so <laughs> they go okay. Go into that a little bit. Well, you don't tra- have to- <laughs> traditional Chinese parents. You basically only have to be you. You're either a doctor, a lawyer, or a town ca- accountant. Yeah. So they want your careers to be wealthy. Uh, my parents have always believed that you know whatever you want to do, do it. And, yeah. Uh, uh, we're going to support you as long as you try hard. Which is crazy, you know. It's like yeah, that's pretty it's unusual. A, it's pretty unusual for a Chinese family. So I was never set to be a lawyer or a doctor. You know, my my brother's a doctor, but huh. that's because he wanted to be a doctor. So, um, but yeah, so they're non-traditional. So in a sense, they also let me ride a motorcycle, which, which <laughs> yeah, which they never would have let me. But they're but they're wise. Yeah. They're wise because they said, you know, really, we think it's a dangerous thing. We don't really condone it. And mm. but if you really want to do it, we're not going to support it. But if you can find your own money and buy your own motorcycle, then mm. you can buy it and ride it. That's so hard to argue with that. Yeah. So I mean, well, the traditional Chinese parents would have just shot you down, be like, no, you can't, yeah, you can't. I forbid you. Yeah. Right. As long as you live under my house, house a roof, you're not going to yeah gonna do that. So yeah. So they've always supportive. They're always uh, loving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so. Yeah, that's kind of the environment I grew up in. Wow. And yeah. So, yeah, in high school I walked away from, walked away from kind of my faith. <laughs> Not really my faith. I just, I knew what it was. I just, I was just bitter at God. <laughs> so. So what did that, what did that look like? Obviously, you're not going on Sundays. Yeah, right? I'm not going but on Sundays. How, how long was that chunk of time? What What did you? I guess what'd you do instead, right? Uh, that was probably two and a half years, or two okay. two and a half years, or something like that. This is in high school still. Yeah. So I was only in high school for three years, so it must have been like right. 
two and a half, three, two years. Or Sounds something. like a dream to most. It's so long ago. It's like, but uh, I basically play video games. Mm. So I played a lot of video games. Yeah. Yeah. So. No so way. what was out? What was out then? Like, what was the, what was the video game? Uh, N64. No, I was playing Counter Strike. I was playing computer games. Okay, you were a PC. So guy. I was playing CS, the original, uh. original, not not the CS:GO, <laughs> CS original. <laughs> So that was Half Life, and CS came out. Counter Strike came out. Yeah, that was like a thing, and I was I was pretty good at it. I was pretty yeah. good at it, and I played Diablo too. I was I was yep. pretty good at that too. Yeah, yeah, and I made money from it. No way. Yeah, this is the the nineties. Yeah, yeah. How do yeah. you make money playing games in the nineties? So this is what I did. Um, <laughs> so there's when you play Diablo, there's like yeah. gold that you find on the ground. Okay, the, like the actual currency in the game. But that's worth nothing because you can find a lot of gold. Yeah. So that's worth nothing. So really rare armors, they use a different type of currency called a unique, it's a unique ring called the Stone of Jordan. Ooh. So, but there's a way to farm it. You just got to keep going, right? Yeah. So I was able to farm uh, 50 of these things. Okay. Stone of Jordans. And I sold them on eBay for $5 each. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we would just meet on the server and I would give them a stone Jordan. They pay me real money for it. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was always a business guy. Yeah. Yeah, entrepreneur. Yeah, that's right. Dude, that's funny. I don't know. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't make much money though. Yeah. No, but still, the fact that you could make it at all—that's <laughs> that's pretty in- ingenious. Yeah, two hundred fifty dollars for the whole summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's good money in high school. That's true. Yeah. Better than nothing. Well, then, uh, so you said that this was like a, a year and a half, two years almost, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. So what was the conclusion of that chapter? Like, uh, did you end up, like, coming back to faith? Or, or what, what was the circumstance there? So the end of the chapter is I stopped going to church, and we were still going to that small church in Oakland. Okay. Um, I stopped going, and my brothers actually started going to a new church uh, on on a Chinatown called Chinese Independent Baptist Church. It's on Eighth Street. It's, just, it's okay. been there for a hundred years. In Oakland, or yeah, Oakland Chinatown. Okay, okay. it's on Eighth Street next to the seventy six gas station. Okay, near Harrison or something like that. Yeah, so that's been there for like a hundred years. Right. So my brothers started going, and my parents started going eventually. So my whole family's over there. I'm like the only one not going to church. Right. So. Um, yeah, even even in uh, college, my br- my brothers would went to both both you went to UC Davis, and they would commute mm. back every weekend, and they would go to church. Wow! But um, I I just stopped going, so I just stayed home. And eventually, I graduated high school and went to Cal State um, Hayward back then. Now it's East Bay. Yeah. So I started doing that, and that was my first year. Um. I my first year of college. That's when I had my encounter, kind of like an encounter with God. Right. Hmm. Um, There's this one night. I was just at home. I think I don't remember what night it was. It was this one night. Okay. I was at home. I was feeling extremely lonely. Huh. Uh, like, like nobody cared. Hmm. Like I was all alone. And I remember texting my brother. Uh, he was in UC Davis. Um, and then he texts me back. He's like, oh, you know, I'm going to pray for you. Um, why don't you read the Bible? And so I was like, 
okay, I start reading the Bible again. Hmm. That's that's I haven't picked up the Bible for a long time. Just know? out of the yeah. blue. Yeah. Just, I just that's weird. Just felt lonely. Well, before I texted my brother, I texted all these friends, nobody replied. Nobody. Hmm. Like it was dead silence that day. And only my brother replied. And hmm. and yeah, he, he texted me and I was like, I start reading the Bible, I'll go back to John, you know. And then eventually I get to John three sixteen, you know, for God so loved the world he gave his one and only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Hmm. And and it just hit me like a truck. Um I, I started weeping. Like <laughs> all this time I realized all this time I was bitter at God. Blaming him for something that he didn't really do to me. It was just the circumstance I was in. And and, and he allowed suffering, yeah. But yeah. he didn't particularly take part in it yeah i don't believe and and even blaming him for it but at the same time he never left me he never left me i was safe i made it through hmm. and he provided a, a loving family that would pray for me all the time and yeah i was able to go to go to college and i was like wow even when my friends, whom I thought were the closest people to me, yeah, none of them are, were there. But God never left me. So that night, I just said, you know, I've never experienced you to be real like that night. Hmm. And after that night, I just, that Sunday, I started going to church. So this is a new church, right? I started going to the church that my brother and my parents went to in China. Okay. So it's like a fresh start for me, and I basically haven't stopped going to church since then. So that was my, I call it my rededication to the Lord, because at a young younger age, I already knew what the gospel was. Yeah. I knew that, you know, Jesus died for me on the cross, and yeah. and I was a sinner, and that he would save me. And, and yeah, I already knew that logically in my head. Mm. And I even accepted it and believed it. But at the same time, I never lived that life, because... Mm behind the scenes I was living all these other lives right like the one that almost joined the gang the one that you know the one that was like you know playing basketball the one that was like studying hard the one that's yeah. like the good kid in front of my parents even yeah. like for a little while the good kid at church you know yeah so yeah I was just wearing all these different masks and it wasn't until that night that I was like you know you're real to me now hmm. and this is no longer a family ritual where I go to church on Sundays. Uh, I've experienced your love and you not abandoning me even in my tough, the toughest times. Hmm. When I felt all alone, you never left me. So, yeah, that was kind of where I went back. And, wow. yeah. You know, that's a, a concept that we talk about with the student ministry a lot. Is that, you know, especially kids that grow up in a church, is they, they hear these things, they, they go to the Sunday school, they know the lessons, they yeah. know the verses, they go to Awana, they memorize their 127 <laughs> whatever verses. But then it's not until later on when something happens and they're like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. It's like, no, I, I can't figure out. Like, what what is it except that life just hits you certain it hits different people differently and and for some reason god will just reach down and like hey there you go that's right now now you get it it's it's crazy you know what the crazy thing is it's not just with kids yeah adults 
Yeah. You got a lot of people going through church and mm. they never realize. Yeah. They, and, and that's one of the things that I see a lot. Uh, a lot of times, more so, especially in the Chinese church, huh. they equate um, biblical knowledge with spirituality. Yeah. So the more biblical knowledge you have, that's that's that means you're spiritual. But that's not true. Right. You know, living out the gospel is something so much different. And understanding and being transformed by the gospel is something so much more than just yeah. reading words on a page. And <laughs> it's important. I'm not saying it's not, and it is. But at the same time, it's like it's like what it says in James, right? If you look at yourself in the mirror and you walk away and you forget what you look like, then, well, you got to be careful, right? Yeah. And it's like, that's kind of what it is when you read the Bible and you walk away and you don't do what it, what it hasn't convicted you in a way where mm. you, you see a need for life change. And that's what I see a lot of times. Oh. So what did you do with the resentment toward God and all that? Like, how did that play out for you? I think it just, I think it just, I don't know if it disappeared. I think it disappeared. I still had, a, <laughs> I still had fears. Yeah. I still had fears. It wasn't like I came, I, I rededicated my life to the Lord and I was, fine and dandy i was still living in yeah. the same neighborhood right you know i still had fears even now i still fear there are times where i wake up in the middle of the night having nightmares about people chasing me wow and i cry and i'm crying because i it just brings back so much fear and memories and it's it's scary hmm. you know i'm i'm the person who walks down the street and if it's a more ghetto neighborhood i i'm super attentive and yeah and, and if there's somebody coming down you know, I cross the street and go somewhere else because I just I don't even want to be in the situation where I have to react. Yeah, because I'm so fearful. So yeah, I just kind of walk away from it, and <laughs> and um, a, a little bit of it has wear off. And, yeah, but sometimes it it, it isn't. You know, I remember <laughs> I was in L.A. I was driving somebody home, and they lived in uh, they driving somebody back to USC. Okay. So USC, uh, University of Southern California, it's in this, the, the campus is really nice. Right. But the neighborhood is really bad. Right. <laughs> I remember pulling up, pulling up and, you know, following the GPS, pulling up to the street and there's basically like five cars stopped in the middle of the street just like playing music <laughs> and the headlights are in front of my face and I'm like... Uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna honk. I'm just gonna yeah. put it in reverse or like back up out of the street and Ugh. like get out of there. So I was like, you know, those moments like hit me really hard because huh. it reminds me of a lot of memories. You know, yeah. it brings up a lot of fear in me. Vulnerability. Yeah, right? it's yeah. just it's something I have no control over. But at the same time, it's like I think a lot of it has subsided a little more. You know, I mm. I have I have more, especially with now that we have a kid. You know, right. I have more. Um, more realization and more faith that I have completely no control over my life. Hmm. You know, whatever happens, God ordains and God allows. Um, and I've experienced a lot of stories like that where, you know, God just is gracious to me. Hmm. So here's a story, right? Um, yeah. Somewhere between 12, 12 years or 13 years of age, I was just taking a bus to school. I was crossing High Street from uh, Santa Rita, which is where the street I lived. Yeah. So I was crossing this major street with four lanes, two two lanes on each side. And there's a big PG&E tr truck stopped on 
on on the on the on the on my right side. So I'm crossing the street. I already get past the left side. So I'm already halfway through. Big truck stop, and I'm like crossing the street. There's another lane, and I stick my head out to look. Bam! I get hit by a minibus with the side mirror. You know those giant metal mirrors that stick out on the side of those minibuses. Yeah. yeah. And I get hit, blackout. Supposedly fly like ten feet. And I start rolling on the ground. I don't know. I blacked out already. Dude. So the next thing I know, I open my eyes. I'm in the ambulance. What? Uh, I see the lights, and the guy's like asking me, "Do you know who you are?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know who I am." <laughs> They're like, "Do you know who you are?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know who I am." Yeah. And then they ask me a third time, "Do you know who you are?" I'm like. I figured by that time I should tell them my name. I think that's what they're asking. Right. So I told them my name and they stopped asking me. <laughs> so, but, you know, I, 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 you know, my dad gets the call. I'm a children's hospital emergency yeah. room. My dad gets the call and he, like, gets off work and, like, just comes. But um, nothing really happened. I, I had a major bruise all the way down the left side of my body from hitting the ground, I guess. But you got, got hit in the head. Yeah, I got giant bruise on the side of my head. <laughs> I got a scar that I still don't have hair on. It's right above my ear. So what? there's a scar that the hair doesn't go back. So, But I got out that afternoon. Like, nothing really majorly wrong. And eventually we got, like, the brainwave tests, and they say I'm normal. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We could, we could debate that <laughs> later, maybe. So, yeah, Dude. even through, like, crazy stuff like that, you know. Man. You know, I, I realized God had a bigger purpose. Yeah had a bigger purpose so even when i rededicated my life to the lord i i went back to church right to this church and i really wanted to work with teenagers because hmm. um i such i just had a desire to work with them you know um the reason was i actually got to start a middle school ministry a cantonese middle school ministry hmm. with some other couples um but even seeing their lives like the times haven't changed. They're still growing up in Oakland. They're still going right. up in the ghettos. They're still getting picked on. The parents don't really can't really help them because they don't speak English. Yeah, can't really complain to the school. They don't really do anything. Yeah. So at the end of the day, they didn't have hope. They were fending for themselves. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt because when we went to that small little church, we didn't have anybody mentoring us. There wasn't a youth group. Um, basically there's a handful of us young kids and then there's a handful of like young adults that are working but nobody poured in my life nobody Mm. gave me hope when i needed hope the most uh fear just overcame all of that and and going back i saw that fear was taking part of their lives too with the middle schoolers that i was working with and i really wanted Mm. to be the person who would be by their side to give them hope uh, I th- there's limited stuff I can do, but yeah. at least I can help them see that there's hope in Christ, there's yeah. hope in God, um, even when it seems like there's none, even when their fears override them. So yeah, I got to work with them for six years, and I was just there from basically 2001 till 2007 working with them. Right on. So wow. All the while uh, I was still in college learning and yeah, what were you studying? I was doing a uh, business administration, okay, and uh, option in telecommunication management, kind of following under my dad. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I, I was, I loved computers, so I was a geek and computer geek and stuff like that. So nice. Yeah, we, we always, we always, I always, I always tell this story, which is super funny. 
So this was back in the days before broadband internet, like super fast internet. This yeah. is dial up. You know, <laughs> so my brother and I were so nerdy okay. that we would have one computer with the modem that dials up, yeah, and then a land card that comes out of the Ethernet, and we have a little hub. It's not a switch. If you know, you know. <laughs> a hub is pre-switch, so yeah. it's 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 a dumb switch. So you gotta like type in everything, give all the commands yourself, and then we would like have the hub share with the con- con- communicate with the other computer we have so we can both go online and play video games at the same time what all through one dial-up line that's super slow <laughs> it, seems, it seems ridiculous now but it's like that's what we did like so oh, both man. of us could play at the same time dude that's some next level stuff yeah. you 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 invented what would you call that Local streaming or <laughs> local networking? Local networking. No worker. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh they, it gosh. was there, but we were like, yeah, super, super early adopters. Wow. Cutting edge. You know, I, okay, I was just talking to one of our juniors in high school a couple of days ago about, like, that I've, like, you and I have lived through every phase of, like, computer development. Oh, yeah. And just telling her about, like, yeah, pagers, um, and like phones where the cord was like stuck to the wall, <laughs> and like when I was in <laughs> when I was in fourth grade, I remember it was a big deal because my school got Apple II <laughs> desktop computers, and that was a big deal. We had a computer lab, and then like Windows ninety six yeah. or ninety five was a big deal, and like you know, and I remember saying one time, you know what I would love is if if we could have a a device that's a phone a digital camera a gps and a palm pilot all in one thing and i was like no way no way after that it'll hover or something like you know (laughs) dude but look now we got i never i never thought about like internet access and (laughs) yeah you you (laughs) were thousand apps and clash royale and you weren't dreaming big enough i know darn it i'm not a visionary it's the problem wow i don't know i feel like i'm older than you i don't know like because i didn't start with windows i started with dos (laughs) 6.0 and those you know (laughs) five and a quarter floppy disks those big ones i remember that or, or, or Oregon, Oregon Trail. Type, yeah, you play you Oregon to commands. That's crazy. <laughs> See, I, I came in after that. That that yeah. was that was too, that was beyond me. You know, I was a, I was a late adopter. My first email, we didn't even have home internet. Nobody had home internet. No, I would go to the library, and use the terminal like the you know the green thing, kind of like the apples. Yeah, like the old gra- yeah. And you type in, <laughs> and we went. I got a Hotmail account oh, through the library internet. That's dang. That's text only. There's no user interface. You, you don't see pictures. It's just all text when you like. Wow. It's, it's crazy. You're an early adopter. Yeah, it was crazy. I was a late adopter. So I didn't have email until, gosh, I was almost in college. Well, yeah. our first computer was a, a DOS 6 a DX2. It's like 66 megahertz. <laughs> we're like one point, we're like three point something gigahertz now, and there's like sixty six, and there's a turbo button. You press it, and it goes to one hundred. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, think about what's going. I'm, we're streaming live through Facebook right now. I've got a four K video streaming to my two, just so I can have something here. So it's not a blank. Oh, yeah, screen. I didn't even <laughs> notice that was on there. That's on. Yeah, yeah okay. you don't know. <laughs> 
I mean, this is crazy. I mean, anyway, I yeah. her mind was like, really? Like you had to read books like I for f- research? <laughs> I forgot the Facebook Live was there. I hope I haven't picked my nose yet. No, I mean, we've been good. Okay, you've been good. Okay, right. They saw us messing with that thing, but oh, okay, okay. I don't know. How, I don't even know how many people are on this thing. None. Wait, I don't think. I think it don't matter. We got a couple. We got. Oh, hi, Sarah. It's good to see. Okay, Sarah, who? Sarah Munakawa. Oh, there she is. Cool. Yeah. Um. So let's take me to where Diana came into the picture. Okay, Diana came into the picture. Yeah, she came into the picture when I was in college. Okay, we we're at the church, and then I was one of the helpers to start a youth worship. Okay. So Diana's four years younger than me, so she was still in high school. Right. So we launched the youth worship for the Cantonese group. Uh, we had our own separate place and stuff like that, and worship yeah. team and stuff. So I was the AV guy. So I was doing the sound and the, that makes and, sense and PowerPoint stuff. Yeah. So afterwards, we would have these hangouts um, where where we just hang out because we end earlier than the adults. Yeah. So we either mess around playing music or like bring food. And, and kind of hang out so there's this one time where I was kind of like playing the guitar and then like she notices me and then she's like oh can you teach me some stuff chords sparks stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like oh I taught her some chords I taught her like three chords uh, C, G, and D and oh yeah you can play like, anything with that yeah right? she's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> and then there's this other time where I noticed she was playing um, this song on a piano so she was playing As the Deer which is like yeah my one of my favorite songs right. back in the days. I still love it, but it's, it's 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 yeah. So she was playing that. I was like, as the deer, piano, long hair, perfect. Dream woman. Dream woman. Yep. That's right. You, you know when you're playing the pi- when they're playing the piano, you see they're kind of like the backside. You got the long hair, and it's like it's magical. It's like, it's like their bodies like flowing. <laughs> you're like wow. And then this other day, other week, you know, she brought brownies and like. You that's it cook seals the deal music dang it you know piano and then like <laughs> that's because that's one of the things i wish i knew how to play like piano yeah. Like, yeah we grew up you know never really had money to get lessons yeah. or anything so i have a i have a guitar sitting right there that i've been learning to play air quotes for two years oh here's the funny thing i can't even do one <laughs> here's the funny thing uh, i i have four guitars at my house <laughs> But I don't know how to play the guitar. You don't play <laughs> You're just waiting for him to be valuable so again so you can sell. <laughs> I only knew how to play like five chords. Yeah. And you know what? The crazy thing is like we start like talking, we play basketball together and stuff. Right. And we find this out later. She doesn't know how to play the piano. No. She only knows how to play that one song. She learned it from like rote memory so that she can play for offering. And she doesn't know how to cook. What? She only knows how to bake brownies. <laughs> Joke's on you. We think it scammed each other into a relationship. That's so funny. <laughs> so that, that's that's the story we like to tell, and that's how kind of how it went down. We we realized later she, she doesn't. She, we didn't know what we thought we were attracted to. So, we didn't really know. Dude, I love it. Oh, that's the best. So. <laughs> but yeah, eventually it was. It was. Yeah, I, it was. A, I guess there's more to love than brownies and piano playing. There is. <laughs> it's a thing called commitment. <laughs> yeah. So. Hey. All right. So once you got past that, then 
you begin to be something, right? Yeah, we started becoming, kind of becoming something. Uh, that was actually a really hard time because uh, uh, Dinah's mom has uh, had leukemia during mm. this time. Uh, she was okay for a while, and then she had a relapse. Mm. So the the year we kind of started, kind of started dating was when her mom started, her health started going bad again. So okay. this was in 2007. Okay. So um, it got it got pretty bad. Um, um, that's why I say commitment. Yeah. Because I kind of dated this. Dated, I don't even know. Like it might have been like six months to a year. Um, kind of dated this girl for six months to a year, and and I don't I don't really know, right? You're like, it's so many things going on, and. Right. This was also the time I was actually going to go to seminary. Hmm. So I was going to move away soon. So I was going to go to Dallas for seminary for four Whoa. years. So this was like a year before, kind of like a year before that. And yeah. and I still remember like Dana's mom um, on, on her deathbed. She couldn't really talk, um, intubated with tubes and stuff. Wow. And we went into her room and, and yeah, she kind of... I kind of got the feeling she wanted to talk to me, right? Hmm. So she kind of like tells everybody to go, like leave the room, and I'm like the only one with Diana there. Then you stay. Huh. Yeah, me and Diana are there, and and like she, I was holding her hand, and 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 she couldn't talk because she was intubated, and then but she gave me the look, like the look of um, take care of my daughter. Hmm. You know, I was like, but I was, I wasn't, I wasn't that old then, right? I was, wait, 2007, I guess, I guess I was around, I don't know, 25 or whatever it is. Yeah. 25, 26, something like that. And yeah, I remember 24. standing there and I was like, I nodded and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of her. <laughs> and I was only like six months to a year, six, I probably take six months into our relationship. Yeah. And I was going to go away for four years. So we were going to long distance for four years. Whoa. And. And it was crazy, but that's, but that commitment was kind of what drove us through. Um, wow. So even when I was in, I was in Dallas. So you did, you moved to, yeah, I moved Dallas, to Dallas for the full four, four years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you know, I wasn't that rich. Right. So yeah. I only came back to the Bay Area once a year. Right. And I was in oh. summer classes. So it was pretty crazy. But uh, uh, Diana also started. Uh, going to Azusa Pacific in LA, so she actually moved away. But her mom passed away that year, so hmm. she needed a change of scenery anyway. Yeah, so she got accepted in Azusa Pacific. She was doing; she wanted to do her nurse and her nurse practitional program. So they yep. had like a two and a half year program that does that. So right. So she got a bachelor in uh in, in Davis, UC Davis, human development. So she wanted to go down there to do that. So she applied and they accepted her, and so she went to. Um, well, at the beginning, she was still in the Bay Area. Yeah. Or UC Davis. And then right. I was in Dallas. So, um, I think one thing that really solidified the relationship was the commitment. Yeah. And then uh, another C is the communication. Ooh. So. You're, you're turning into a pastor now. <laughs> there should be another C, right? Is there a third one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chemistry. No. <I'm> just <laughs> no. Um, so, the com- commit com- communication was super important. We would not... Um, if we got into an argument, we would not like hang up the phone until we solved it. Mm. 
uh, even if we spoke into the wee hours of the morning and 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 more so in my my time zone because <laughs> i was two hours ahead so, oh yeah okay so, wow so, there are times where, like, we got so frustrated, we would throw the, f- I almost threw the phone against the wall because yeah. we were so frustrated. But um, we resolved <laughs> it, right? Based on the communication and and the commitment, kind of, I made to her, her mom, and and God, really. Yeah. Because you know? when when I said yes, I kind of already knew I was I was in it for the long haul. Wow. So long distance was hard. Long yeah. distance was hard because. It got a little better for anybody doing long distance. Um, take the time early, or not early, like kind of midway through or something, to visit where the person is. Hmm. Uh, get to know their friends. Because I realized that I was telling her about all these people she's never really met. And she couldn't visualize any of it. Right. Like, because it's people she's never met. Like, I'm telling her this, like, we're basically living separate lives. And she couldn't visualize it because she's yeah. never met those people. Right. But once she meets those people, it's a lot stinking better, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, she understands a lot more. So, to, if you do long distance, take the time to know their friends, the, the community they're in over yeah. there, wherever they are. So I agree. So, that's, that's helpful. So, yeah, but... The first year was tough because she was kind of at Davis and, you know, I was super busy in, in seminary, su- seminary, oh, super yeah. busy. So, um, so yeah, I was there and then she was like kind of cr- not cruising through Davis, but she obviously had more time. <laughs> but um, once she got to uh, actually in LA, she got a lot more busy and it, we, it was harder for us to talk. Uh, hmm. So Yeah, even we finding time for a phone call yeah, we were regular, that's rough. We weren't. We weren't the couple that needed to talk every day, though. Like, we might talk, like, two or three times a week. Yeah. That might be it. Yeah. No, uh, we kind of text each other, but, like, or, or, I don't know if it was MSN or AOL or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> Some kind of message. Right. So, uh, that's what we would do. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So, I went to seminary and got my degree, 120 units, four years later. Woo! <laughs> Master theology. M div, <laughs> no thm. Oh, M three M div is three years. M div. So you went, you went next level. Yeah, the Jedi biggest, level. The biggest program you can go. What's beyond that? PhD. Yeah, PhD. Oh, there's doctorate in ministry. I think. Doctor Boom. That sounds good. Yeah. No, no more school, man. Okay. I hate, <laughs> I, I hate school. I love. You did a lot of it. <laughs> I love learning, but I hate school. Yeah. yeah. You want to learn on your own terms. Well, I want to learn um, following a Jedi master, like a little Jedi. I, I, I love like the apprenticeship style where like, yeah. a blacksmith like teaches somebody else, teaches apprentice to yeah. trade. I love that kind of oh, teaching. Yeah. But um, I've but, learned I've learned more from yeah. just individual like finding people who are willing to take that. Like your your teacher taught you English, yeah. right? It's the yeah. same kind of yeah. like if you can find that person who's willing to teach you, yeah, you can learn so much, yeah. so much, yeah. That's how I feel yeah. recently, right? Yeah, I'm an audio-visual learner, so reading books doesn't really do it for me. But yeah, but I, it's, it's weird. I mean, God wired me in a way where I actually got decent grades, you know? It's like, somehow. It's like, yeah, somehow. I you just, got those Bs. Yeah, something like that. No, I got A's. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, got, I, got, I got C's, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I always tell people about my, my GPA was 3.0. But that's only because every year I had zero period jazz, the band, first period concert band, 
Oh, third man. period PE, <laughs> and then eighth period was like independent study. Wait, wait, wait! What instrument you play? Trombone. Oh, it's sitting, it's sitting right there in that little case. See it? It's peeking out. I haven't touched it in like five years, but it's back there. Oh, the, the big thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that thing, that thing padded my GPA for four years, man. <laughs> <laughs> Buffer. Yeah, it would have been like a one point nine or something like that. Otherwise, <laughs> sorry, mom. <laughs> well, I got the Asian genes. I don't know. Yeah, dang it, you got the math. Um, so you, so you graduate with the not the M. Would you call it the M? What THM? THM. Yeah, Master of Theology. Master. Why do they say THM if it's I, MTA? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Master of Theology. Yeah. And then from there, what was the plan? Like, how'd you use it? Uh, the plan was, I actually went into seminary not knowing what I was going to do. So okay. I, I knew I, I had a passion for it. I knew that there were a lot of people that needed hope. Uh, but, um, yeah, I basically made a commitment to God one summer camp. That's why I'm a big proponent of camps. Hmm. Uh God just kind of spoke to me and made a commitment that I was going to serve him for the rest of my life. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah. Um, but within the Chinese community, you realistically can only be, they expect you to be a pastor or a missionary. So that's kind of huh. like what it looks like to be a full-time minister or full-time, you know, serving God. Right. So I went to seminary because I knew I had the passion, but I don't have the knowledge. So I don't want to be teaching the wrong stuff, right? Right. So I just decided that I was going to go, and most of our pastors were from Dallas Theological Seminary. So I just just go applied. there. I just applied. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So <laughs> highly recommended. And um, part of it is because also within the Chinese community, um, your degree matters. Right. So within the Chinese church, you're basically if you don't have a degree, they don't even hire you as a pastor. Huh. So that's just the way it works. So, so yeah, I went and I don't know what I was going to do. Uh, God put me in a circle with everybody that seemed to be want to be missionaries. Hmm. Yeah, it was weird. So, but I it opened my eyes so much. Like in my little world, I was thinking, "Whoa, I'm just going to go back and you know work with students here." Yeah, you know. And but yeah, then you know God opened my heart to greater things and. I don't know what's going to come to that, you know. Hmm. I, maybe I'll be a missionary one day. I don't know. But wow. Yeah, but, yeah, so I didn't really know, but I knew I needed to be equipped a little more. So yeah. I went and got equipped. But uh, Really, yeah. really equipped. Jedi equipped. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I'm one of those people. I, I'm, I'm like a lazy person, you know. <laughs> so I didn't even bother, like, looking at different programs. So, like, people just recommended it, and I was like, Okay, let's just do it, right? It's yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't even bother looking, so I just applied to one school. and. That's funny. Yeah, I just went. <laughs> yeah. Give that a little tug closer to you. Oh, yeah. am I losing? Oh, there we go. My bad. Beautiful. Um, so at, at what point then did you marry Diana? Uh, we got married in July 30th, 2011. That's so you remember that date. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> you got one. <laughs> you know what the crazy thing was? <sighs> I said, we, we've been married for like six years, like two weeks ago, but we've been married for seven. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
you know it's like one of those things like i don't i'm really bad with birthdays too yeah like, i'm like i'll forget my own birthday oh yeah yeah i just yeah, i did the same thing yeah. there there was a time when i was 31 i thought i was 31 for two years yeah have i told you that no i heard it yeah. on the podcast <laughs> oh I, i've said this before <laughs> yeah, dang it yeah, yeah, yeah busted you were with somebody <sighs> yeah Faye or somebody I don't remember. right yeah. idiot yeah my mom had to tell me like no you're you're actually 33 because yeah. I, I said hey i'm turning 32 She's like, no, you're not. You're turning three. <laughs> what? Dang it! I lost a whole year. I got two uh, years older all at once. I guess. Yeah. So I graduated in May, and then we got married in July. Right on. So that's the, like, so you did you did the long distance bit mm-hmm. for the full four year term. You came back, and within well, she was in L.A. So she so you came back here. Well, I drove. What? I drove from Texas. I drove the Mazda from Oakland to Texas. That car? Yeah. Hey. It's been it's been places. It's been around. So I drove from Texas back to LA, dropped off some of my stuff that I knew was gonna stay there. Okay. And then came back home to live with my parents. Yeah. And prepped basically the wedding for two more months. Wow. So you guys went basically from long distance to, to living to, in the same house. To wedding. Yeah. That's to, amazing. To live in the same house. So it's crazy. So when did when did you engage? Like, how did that happen? Uh, the engagement was in two thousand. Yeah, two thousand ten. It was before the marriage. That's the point. Yeah, it's but a New we, Year's. Yeah. So, so you were you were still apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're engaged. I came back for New Year's or Christmas or something like that. Okay, and yeah. that was when you. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. did it, and I then dropped the question. The marriage is like seven months later. Wow. Or one year and seven months earlier. I don't remember. Right. It's one of those. It's one of those. One of those. Diana would know. Just <laughs> that's the important thing. Wow. That's that's an that's a that's a, an incredible like testament to surviving long distance because most people would tell you that that was not a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't right. do it. Well, that's why commitment and communication is very heavy. Even the, now, the, the three C's of long distance. Even now, the, our communication is really good because of that. We had a yeah. really good basis. Right. So, um, and a lot of times you, you, you see marriages or even relationships breaking apart because of the communication breaks apart. So, right. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. we got married and I moved to LA. Never been there before. I mean, lived, never lived there. So, she was still finishing. Yeah. She was. Her nursing. Yeah. She, I think she, she finished her nursing by then. Okay. So she, she, she was kind of doing. It's a weird program. You have to kind of like work part time and then like go back while you're working part time to do like more classes to get her master's for nurse practitioner. It's right. Like, yeah. So. So those, yeah, I was. Those, those I, are both very intensive <laughs> fields of study. Yeah. Just like the, the two you got guts. <laughs> well, it's weird to say that. I don't even know if I should talk about this, but like my brother, <laughs> my brother and my sister-in-law. Yeah. Uh, my brother's my brother's a doctor. My sister-in-law's a dentist. So they actually dated for 10 years and oh. finished their school before they got married. So it's, it's, that's pretty crazy. Too. Wow. Yeah. So. Man, the, the, the Poon's got that long, long game <laughs> gear, dude. That's incredible. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, we moved, I moved to LA and yeah. I was actually... I guess I would say I was pretty wise. I actually took six months of not looking into getting a job. Right. 
just so we can settle in as a as a as a couple. Because she was like yeah. overworked. She was like, I think she was doing like night shifts too. I don't remember, but like, so I was basically like the cook, the clean, the the yeah. laundry guy. Yeah. So that you know we figure out what it looks like to live in the same house. Because right, you, we didn't even have like those moments where you like go to your girlfriend's house to cook dinner and stuff. We didn't have any of that stuff because we wow. were long distance. That's right. Yeah, yeah you it's, jumped right it's into crazy. it. Crazy. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. Wow, and that's I, I don't think I've ever I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that. That's cool. Yeah, probably wouldn't have worked. Yeah, if it weren't for the the three C's. <laughs> that's right. Dang. So then, so I didn't know you even lived in L.A. That's a that's news to mm-hmm. me. So then, so that's in like '08, somewhere around there. Yeah, 2007. And then, so how long were you in L.A.? What did that look like, and when did no, you no, end no. up? No, 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 that was in 2011. I graduated, I went to right. school. Right, okay, in 7, yeah. 11, okay, okay. Yeah, so I was there for three years. So, uh, four years, I guess. Yeah. So I was there, and then I didn't work for half a year, and then basically, part of my laziness, right? <laughs> laziness, I didn't really need to look for a job, because the church that Diana was going to, they've been looking for a Cantonese college pastor for years. Hmm. I was like, it's weird because God always put me with college students. Yeah. Like, even when I was in Texas, I was working with college students, international yeah. students. And so I just applied. And, you know, coming from the Dallas resume, they just kind of hired me. Yeah. Fluent Cantonese. <laughs> Fluent Cantonese. Dallas grad. Yeah. I, I, my literacy is pretty bad in Cantonese or Chinese, though. So I, it's weird. So. <laughs> Yeah, so there are times where I had to like teach Sunday school. I have to preach in Cantonese. Wow, which wasn't people just make fun of me. You know, people just start laughing because I say the wrong thing. Right, but it's okay. <laughs> it's part of part of who I am. They know I'm like, you know, the, the, the right. almost American-born Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> so as opposed to Diana, Diana is truly American-born, but she speaks fluent Cantonese too, which is crazy. Wow. Do you think you guys will teach Wyatt? Yeah, Cantonese? we do. He speaks Cantonese. I mean, he, he, yeah, he speaks Cantonese. You speak it around the house? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He understands it. That's so we, good. We talk to him in Cantonese. That's good. Well, partly because, like, my, my parent, my mom still doesn't really speak English. Wait, he speaks? Yeah. He says, yeah, which is one in Cantonese. Dang it. Yeah. We ask him how old he is <laughs> in Cantonese, and he'll say, yeah. No way. Yeah. That's the cutest thing. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I love it. Yeah, and Zach Zach was over at our house the other day. Yeah. Like, we taught him like Che Che Me Sang. Yeah. And then he says it to him and then uh White goes Vroom Vroom. So Che Che is car, <laughs> Me Sang is, is uh what sound. So yeah. That is so fun. Yeah. White's like a little superhero in our little world. Yeah. Everyone loves that kid. Yeah. Dang Hopefully it. He doesn't get spoiled. Don't spoil him. Don't spoil him. No no promises. Yeah. I'm I'm known to spoil in some ways. <laughs> um, wow. So then, okay. So you're the college pastor. Mm-hmm. Diana finishes up her yeah education at some point. So how did how did it go from there? So I was doing a Cantonese college pastor. I was basically pastoring fifty kids. Okay. So we had fifty Cantonese college students. So I was basically running a mini church. So we had our yeah. own worship team. We had our own like leaders. We had our own Bible study leaders, small group leaders, all of that. So on top of that, I was you know 
basically doing regular church duties, right? Like teaching Sunday school, adult right. Sunday school, preaching on Sunday. Not every Sunday. I just normally do it like once in a while. Once every other month or so. Yeah. Which is, or once a quarter or whatever it is. Okay. So, yeah. And then she finished her thing up. And then we basically were like deciding, well, we're planning to start a family. It's about time, right? So we're like, hmm. we either move back up north to be with our family so that our kids can grow up with their cousins. Right. Or we have kids in LA and we basically kind of stay there for a while. Yeah. Because once you have kids, you basically sit. So Yeah, you're going to root. So, yeah, we decided we we're going to move back up to <laughs> to yeah to be close to the family so that because family's family's a big thing for us so you know, yeah like you know so we really wanted to be close to the family so they can hang out with them so do your do your brothers have kids yeah also they, they okay they both have two each okay so so there's gonna be a cousin's thing and all that yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. that's good right on and then now, what did was Diana working there yet, or or was working where L.A. Yeah, she was. She was she, working. She she was working through school, but like, did she graduate and then get a job and then no? Okay, so that was kind of yeah. So she yeah. was working f- basically kind of almost full time, right? At uh, Children's Hospital of L.A. Pediatric ICU. So okay, she she was doing <sighs> some crazy intensive. Stuff. Dude, the pediatric ICU is terrifying. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, it, it, oh, it's, it's. I have no, <laughs> I have no envy of that. It's yeah, it's pretty crazy. Labor um, and delivery, and the pediatric ICU yeah. are the two most terrifying yeah. places on earth. Yeah, so yeah, I'd rather grow up in in the ghetto of Oakland than. Well, that's that's <laughs> part of the problem. Like she doesn't like normal stuff. Yeah, she gets bored, so she like, <laughs> and she only likes pediatrics, so she doesn't want to do like emergency oh, room or anything like that. So every time I hear. Her, Brianna McVean, Annie Tay, talk about like the whole like pediatric birth delivery. It's absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Like I, <laughs> thank God women do what they do. <laughs> but I'm so glad I don't have to be like involved in that, except to like hold a hand to be supportive. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> it is. So when you guys moved up here, what was the what was the landing plan? Like it, who um, who got jobs and and what what was the what was life like when you got here? Uh, we actually moved to Sunnyvale. Okay, you you probably don't know about this. We were at we I know were, about Sunnyvale. We were at the church plant. <laughs> yeah, another church plant. Right before you came to residence. Before you came to residence. Yeah, yeah. So we were at a church plant. So okay. when we decided to move back up north, right. One of my old kind of like classmates kind of like my mentor so so he was like oh you know god i i, I kind of quit my job hmm. he was pastoring in the church in sunnyvale he's like god okay. gave me this vision to start a church a cantonese speaking church in sunnyvale yeah for the newer generation so he asked me to, pr- to pray about it and then after we prayed a while we we're like at peace we're like okay let's let's do this so we kind of like okay let's let's do this we told him and then um yeah, and then and then we broke out in fear. <laughs> Literally the day after, I think, yeah, you know, Satan just kind of like right hit our heart. It was like, how are we gonna do this? Hmm. How are we gonna financially make it? Dinah didn't have a job, 
and we were actually making a two-year commitment to not have salaries for right. the whole two-year church planting because we might not be bringing in any money. So yeah, if there was money, then we might get a small salary. But we were gonna actually, I was in it for not having salary. I was okay with that. That's, that's commitment, right? Wow. So going in faith and, but yeah, and you know after that, in the two days we're like scared. We're like. Silicon Valley's pretty expensive for rent. Sunnyvale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude. And, and didn't have a job. So yeah. Dinah didn't, and this was her first nurse practitioner job she was going to apply to. She doesn't have any experience. Right. And she only, this is partly Dinah's thing, she only wants to work at two, realistically, two hospitals. So she only wanted to either work at uh, Children's of Stanford, which yeah. is Lucille Packard, right. or UCSF. So those are the only wow. two hospitals that she wanted to do. Aim high. Yeah. <laughs> she she yeah she 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 she's pretty ambitious. Yeah, I've heard Packard isn't all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, she yeah we were scared and she got like she applied and then actually one of her coworkers, one of her current coworkers, huh. uh, took her job. No. Nah. When she, she applied, <laughs> and then but they actually had funding. And they mm. opened up a new spot, so she re reapplied and she got in, and she actually got into two departments, and they both offered which, her. Which one did she end up at? She's at neurosurgery, so she's a uh, pediatric neurosurgery uh, nurse practitioner. Gosh, so that's where she's at. As if know. pediatrics isn't enough. Yeah, we're talking about crazy. pediatric brain surgery. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, she doesn't do the surgery; she does like. Yeah, stuff, just being involved in that. Yeah, it's oh crazy. my god! Sometimes she, when they have free time, they sit in the <laughs> surgery, the OR, and, uh, and observe. It's pretty cool. So, Diana, she's crazy. Man. She's she's a beast. She is. She's beast. Oh my gosh! Uh, pediatric brain surgery. Yeah. So, oh yeah, that's part of the story. We moved up to Sunnyvale, and yeah, it's crazy because God provides. Uh, there was a couple that was supposed to church plant and be on a core team with us. Yeah. But the husband's company sent them overseas to England for a year to work. So they basically rented, generously rented us their home home for like half of the market value. Eh. They, yeah, they had a town home right across the street from uh, AMD, basically. So, Dude. So <laughs> God just provided, you know, God provided a job. Yeah, you're God supposed to be here. The, the, the house. So, wow. Yeah, and then we were there. Um, we were there. I was there. I was there for a year and a half. I ended up not finishing my two years because after a year of living there, God didn't. God didn't allow me to see a vision. <laughs> the dog snoring. <laughs> we're like cracking up because the dog snoring. <laughs> so God didn't didn't. After living in Sunnyvale for a year, I didn't see a need for a Cantonese speaking church. I didn't. I didn't see huh. a high population of Cantonese speakers. There's a lot of Mandarin speakers. Yeah. But, so I remember you telling me this yeah. once, like first time I met you, I was asking you about this. Yeah. 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 So after a year, I was like, oh, I don't really see a need. God hasn't really opened up my eyes right. to the need. And I don't really have a passion for it because I don't see a need. Hmm. Like, what am I what am I doing? So after prayer for actually half more year, you know, wow. I was like, I, I don't know if I can do this. It, it was just down to a point where I didn't have any motivation. I was just kind of like waking up and like, I don't want to do this. I don't hmm. want to do this. So, yeah, it got to a point where I just, I think I just needed to walk away, you know. So, 
yeah, after another half a year, I basically resigned. As, but I, a part of me, I was like, part of me, a human part was like, I need to keep my commitment to God. Hmm. You know, I said I was going to go in for two years, but I think it was eating up inside of me so bad right. that I just, I was just going to do damage if I stayed. So, hmm. yeah, I just decided to resign. So I did, and yeah, and. Before I resigned, I actually went to a, a, a little conference called Exponential in L.A. Yeah. That was at uh, Mariner's Church, you know? Yep. And um, I was... Uh, did you hear this story? How I came to resident? No. Okay. So no, I was I was there. That's on my list to ask you here. Right at, there, see? I was at, I was at Exponential, <laughs> and then I was just sitting there at lunch, uh, talking to these two people that were kind of like interviewing me about church planting. Huh. So then they had something to do, so they left. And I was sitting by the table by myself, and then two people walk up. Yeah. And they're like, oh, can we sit here for lunch? I'm like, sure, because there's no more seats left. Right. So they sit down, and one of them's Jen. Jen Hyatt. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> and the other one, sorry, I don't remember who that was. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but the other person, and then we just start sitting there and talk about church vision and what church plans look like and what a church should be. Wow, um, and they were telling. I was telling them, yeah, I really want a church. I really want to be at a church where you know, church planting, where we're we're impacting the community, right? We're like out there in the community, and we're like um, helping non-believers come to see the love of Christ, and 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 to be active participants of that. Hmm. And they were like, that's what we do. I resonate. And I'm like, I resonate. I've never heard of this church. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, we're like. This church in Fremont, and and I, and then I look at the brochure. You know, Ryan Kwan's one of the speakers, right? Right. I'm yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> so I hear him. He's like, oh. not Francis Chan, <laughs> Ryan Kwan. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Ryan Kwan. Oh, yeah. And then I went. And I was like, oh, he's 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 all right. He's pretty <laughs> no, he's pretty good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, all right. So yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, you know, one day I'll check it out. You know. Yeah. And and after we resigned. And we visited a couple of churches. We actually visited uh, Francis Chan's We Are Church. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because our friend went there, and she really wanted us to visit. And Yeah, so we went, and... Wow, so we beat... <laughs> we, no, 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 we no beat I just you. went once. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, that was... A, I didn't, how much time we have? Dude, it's it's my show, man. Keep All right. <laughs> so here's the story. We went to We Are Church one time. Yeah. And they meet in homes, and they don't really meet together. They only meet once a month together in the park. Yeah. So we would go there, and I think we needed to be there that specific week. We could have gone any other week, but mm. we went that specific week because we visited some other churches, some of our friends and stuff, okay. just kind of get out. So we went there, and what they do is they kind of read the same passage every week. I mean, not every week. Everybody, the whole church reads the same scripture every week throughout the week, and they kind of meet together on Sunday and talk about it. Right. So that's kind of what they do. Okay. So, so we sit there and they're just reading. I don't remember what passage, but basically, one of the people, one of the persons, was like, "You know, I was reading this, and I work kind of work for the government, and I was like thinking, you know, making government rules or laws will help change the kingdom work, hmm. but realistically, it doesn't. Only God can change it. Hmm. God is the only one that's in control who can change our society." And she's like. You know, after reading that that week and studying, she felt convicted that God wanted her to do something greater. God was calling her to something greater than d trusting in the government hmm. to change to make changes. So she actually turned in a resignation letter for like 
uh, I don't know, three months later or something like that. Wow. And said, you know, God, I'm, I'm going to open up my life so that God can use me. I'm going to make space. I'm going to create space so that God can speak to me about what he wants me to do later. Wow. Which is crazy. You know, it's, but you know what the crazy thing is? Two other people said the same thing that week. Hmm. But I think what hit me the most, that's when it, like, I, I, I'm, I'm a pretty emotional guy. That's when I started, like, weeping. Because that's kind of what I did. Huh. Like, I didn't know where I was going. But I was like, you know, God, you have, you have, you have your plans for me. You have our plans for my fam, our family. And I'm going to create space so that I can hear what you have for me next in this next season. That's why I decided to start in my resonation letter. But that hmm. just being there was like confirmation that God was where we were, where we needed to be. Right. You know, to open up space, to create space for God to speak into our lives. So after that, hmm. we yeah. were like, okay, I will check our resonate. So we're like, oh, we'll maybe go for a month and see what it's like. Yeah. Second week, we get there. It's uh, MC Expo. Yeah. It's it's New Year's, New Year's of 2017. So it's brand new year. Yeah. We were meeting in the theater. Right. Plushy seats. Yeah. Like, cool. Yeah. This is like nice. <laughs> no, don't get used to that. <laughs> <laughs> we got suckered. It seems to be the story of my life. Get suckered. Right, into. right. <laughs> You thought it was going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we second week we had MCX. First week was good. And the second week we had metal chairs. And like, all right. (laughs) Back to normal. Yeah. And then we had MC Expo and I bump into Chase. Mm. Because deep down, we really want to get plugged in with uh, youth ministry. Yeah. We've always kind of had a passion for youth. So. Right. So we bump into Chase and Chase is like, of course, Chase. Right. And then we're like. And then we. Ended up going to go to Amp and checking it out, and then he's like, "Dude, you got to come to Amp. It's no, gonna be the best like, thing." Well, he came up to me. He's like, "Do I know you? I think I know you." I'm like, "No, I never seen you." My life. <laughs> <laughs> and then we start talking, and he's like, "Oh, he's like, oh, oh, come check it out, come check it out." So we come. I think the fourth week we go actually check it out because we missed the yeah. week or something like that. Yeah, and we're like, "Oh, this is cool." And then we like, it's crazy because we just like basically applied to be leaders. Yeah, we're like fresh at the church. Yeah. But what made it home was the third week of worship. The third week we worship. We walked out of worship and we're walking to the car and Dinah, we talk and Dinah and I was talking and like, you know what? I, I think this is home. Hmm. I think this is home. I think this is where God wants us. And she had the same feeling. Like, basically, like, I think this is home. And what made it really clear was just before we even did anything we we knew what the mission of the church was right which is which is which is really good like a lot of times you go to church you don't really know what they're yeah what are we doing (laughs) yeah so yeah so you know to make to make the gospel known right yeah people and and to be impacting the 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 community and where we are and i was like wow you know and and another thing i really love about resonate even though it could be taken advantage of is the free bibles Hmm. Uh, I've always held the belief for the longest time that if we find the word of God so precious, yeah, we ought to give it away for free. Yeah, and and we, I come from a Chinese church background where, you know, budget is everything, and hmm. 
we don't have budget to buy people Bibles and right. give them out. So even like sometimes baptism, it's like we want to use the church budget to give them a gift for a Bible. We can't. I don't have budget for that. So I had to like pull money out of or like the small group chips in to buy him a Bible. Like, come on. You know, if we really believe that this thing's going to change lives, right. we really need to be given this. Of course, you can find it online and stuff nowadays, but it's like, right. it's different. You know, you never know. You hear so many stories of like people storing the Bible away, right? Hmm. And then one day they open it. That's kind of like my story too. Of yeah. course, I went to church, but like, yeah. you know, if I didn't have a Bible that night, I wouldn't have. I don't know. I don't know what I would have. Right? Yeah, it's like we've been going through a lot. Oh yeah, lately, I know. I know. piles of them. Yeah, like that's good. People are taking them. Yeah, yeah that's great. Good. Great. Yeah. I hope think, nobody's nobody's taking them to sell. That's what I'm. I was gonna ask you. Like, what what kind of market is there out there? <laughs> I don't think so. eBay, not much market. I'm gonna look on eBay if I find any of our Bibles. I'm gonna <laughs> give me those back. <laughs> Now we we do a thing with the kids where um, we buy these really cute you know leather Bibles for like fifteen bucks or whatever, and we sell them to the kids for five. And yeah. it's like a you know they have to like you know you can't just buy it like talk to your parents, bring them in, and make you know make it a thing because we want it to be like a yeah. like a big deal like yeah. on their initiative like mom and dad I want to buy my very own like it's a it's like a it's almost like when a kid gets their blue belt. Yeah, you know, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It's really, it's really cute the way that works. And, but yeah, that's we tell the kids this is the best book you can read. Yeah, you know, these are the thoughts of God. Like you're going to read God's mind. Yours is going to be more like His. Yep, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it is. That's so amazing. then you, so then you, yeah, I remember when you, you guys came to, to Amp, and you, you seemed to fit in fast, because you, I guess so. Well, yeah, because you, you, you came and then you were going to a, like a winter camp yeah, like right did. away. We did, yeah. Really quick. Yeah. Yeah. Expo, well, that's when, that's when yeah. we didn't have a kid yet. <laughs> right. That's when you showed up to everything. <laughs> that's right. I mean, we were married. It was still happening. Yeah. Married. I remember WK well, was everywhere. This guy, <laughs> like, who is this? Well, yeah, because well, that's how we got closer because I was coming to help build and stuff. Yeah. Like, I was building sets. Time, man. Yeah, he was the handiest guy I know. It's like, we... we <laughs> figured some stuff out yeah. <laughs> i remember yeah, remember the slingshot we bought and it got stolen yeah <laughs> dang it man i forgot about that the easter thing yeah we built uh did you see the trebuchet that i I'm, saw your trebuchet okay yeah, i saw I, it online it's sitting out here i should show it to you before you leave. it's in my yard it's everything i could do not to lay siege to my neighborhood right now because oh. it's right there anyway that's right. Someone stole that thing that we built. Yeah. That was the, like one of the biggest epiphany genius moments because there's like this mechanical puzzle that I, yeah. I, I just was not. And you're like, why don't we do this? And it like folds up and collapses on itself. And it's yeah. like portable, durable. I was like, oh, I love this guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's my stole. You're my favorite oh, person for a minute. Yeah. Someone took that. Oh. That bugs me. They couldn't even know what it was. They just saw the lumber. Yeah. They just wanted some two by four. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Anyways. What was your, what was your experience with Amplify as as you came into that? Like what, what was your kind of your first impression of it and just going to the camps and all that? I'm I'm just always curious to hear people's take on that. I think, I think Amp does a good job at reaching their target audience. Um, Just with, just the, 
with whatever with the with the interaction with the games i mean you really need all of that stuff and the mm. energy uh um i think the camps are also good um it really is we all every time we go to camps we have deeper discussions yeah you know and and it's just really things get real and yeah. and conversations get real and um yeah but i i I think the hard part is always having enough leaders. I think yeah. there's so many people coming in, right? It's like, you know, you, you, yeah, you know, because you have this giant group that's like 15 people or whatever, you know? It's like... Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard sometimes. <laughs> you know, you have like so many people, but... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... It's it's definitely speaking into their lives to get them ready for the mm. next season, right? But yeah. But... With that, with any ministry, we we don't have control over it. Yeah. Um. Uh. We just hope that you know, at their most down moments or whatever, they they go back to God and they remember it, like kind of like I did, right? Yeah. It finally and, finally has a spot to land on them. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think Amp does a good job at building those relationships too, yeah. where when they do get to that moment, they might actually reach out to their leaders. Mm. Which is crazy right and that, those are the moments that we kind of look for right yeah so yeah so then you you served in amp for maybe a, a year or so yeah like something a year, like that a year and yeah a half. and then and then so talk about uh, the college ministry well after a year well i think i was still there for a while oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, you you was, did double duty for a yeah, minute yeah, I did and double then do for a while and then wyatt yeah, yeah, and then why it happened. <laughs> yeah, he happened. Well, well, I was just at the office one day. I think it was a building review or something, and then I overheard Angela yeah. talking about college ministry. Like, right. I was like, what? College? And I was like, I did college ministry. That's like... Yeah. Well, it's a weird... It's so, it's, that was a hot day, and you disappeared for like two hours. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I was like, where did this guy go? Oh. You were talking to her. That's oh, what that was. <laughs> I don't remember I that. forgave you. I let, you, I let it go. It's okay. Well, I'm, not, was I'm not bitter. Was, what was weird was when I was talking to people just at Hemp and stuff or mm. even at church, they were, they found out I was doing college ministry. But what was weird was, oh, like Resonate didn't have a college ministry. Right. Like all the Chinese churches I've been to has, has a college ministry. I guess there's no, there's not that many Chinese like in a varsity or campus crusade in the colleges. Hmm. So that's why there's a need. Right. But I didn't realize that American churches didn't have college ministries. I was like, whoa, I was blown, blown away. I was yeah. Like, yeah. But anyways. I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> well, partly because a lot of them go away for college. But nowadays, more and more kind of yeah. staying at CCs for a little bit before they transfer. So they're, you know, they're, right. they're around a little more. So. Yeah, so anyways, Angela was talking about it, and so I talked to her, and, you know, we're like, yeah, I, I would like to come help, you know, whatever help I can offer, right. know, I'll do it, you know, so we launched this thing with, like, 12 people a year and a half or so ago, and, yeah, and God's really, that core group was really close, and, you know, yeah. we see people growing, and, and yeah, God just kind of blew it up this year, and we have, like, we had, like, 60 at the launch, Reach outreach, but then like mm. you know, it always dwindles down a little bit. Yeah. So we have like thirty every consistently. Every yeah, consistently, right. which is good. And 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 we can that we, ain't bad. We actually wouldn't be able to handle anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we don't have enough leaders. You know, it's like any right. real right. ministry, and it's like oh, we have shortage of leaders and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, God really uh, moved, 
in that area and eventually uh angela had to like take a step down because uh, right. from her leading role because she was like oh you know you know church got busy and stuff like that so she, yeah she was just doing that as a volunteer and uh, well, as it was i <laughs> and, right and and she had to take a step back and and basically i stepped up to take take rain and 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 and, and, and that's when i had to leave from amp there's, right there's no real way i can take the leadership role and do amp at the same time yeah that just wouldn't be fair for anybody realistically yeah on a on a, on a serve staff yeah. you know basis you can't yeah. you can't be that deep into two ministries yeah and we had Wyatt, so and you have a yeah that's there's yeah. a whole ministry in itself yeah so that's crazy right yeah what has been the 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 fruits of doing college ministry so far so that that was roughly a year or so somewhere in there yeah. well because Wyatt is, is what did you say yeah, it's pretty much yeah, he's been one. a year and a half. He's one. He's, what, he's what's the word? Months, yeah. 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 He's yeah. Yeah. So, um I think I think we're seeing people have a genuine desire to follow Christ. I think that's always a positive. Hmm. Um and and we see people making wise decisions um based on not just peer pressure, right? Yeah. But based on a decision to actually change their lives and be impacted by the gospel to where their lives and their actions actually change. Um, but that doesn't always happen, but that's okay, right? Because we're, we're, like I said before, we're, we're, if I was changing people, then it would be, I wish it would be easier, but God is the one in control. Yeah. So it's not like I put effort, X amount of effort into this and it's going to always come to fruit. Hmm. But there's been stories where we just hear sharing where we didn't play any part in it. And right. God just kind of spoke to them and they're here because of that. Yeah. And we're just kind of adding water to the plant and, you know, helping them grow and helping them turn to Christ even more and put hmm. that as their, put the gospel and understand the gospel even deeper so that their lives can be changed. And hmm. that's what I want to bridge. That's always the thing I want to bridge, right? The biblical knowledge with just experiencing the truth of the gospel yeah and and where your life changes and your priorities change your mind is transformed right and and you know, the things you seek out is different it's like what you were saying at the camp right when 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 you turn your eyes upon jesus everything in this world grows strangely dim in the mm. light of his glory and grace and yeah it's, and that's that's what i desire so much for these students um it doesn't always happen, and it doesn't happen on my account or yeah, my you can't make or my it. timing. So, uh, all I can do is just yeah, love them right, yeah, and present them with gospel truth, and yeah, hopefully they realize it one day. I think that's one of the biggest lies of this kind of ministry is that we we tend to think like if I could just say the right thing today, phrase this right, you know, if we just do yeah. this enough times, then they're gonna get it. Yeah. But that just does not work or you just frustrate yourself yeah yeah and especially i think with the colleges a lot of it's a lot of a lot of its relationships mm. i mean they're there for their relationships too you know yeah and we're trying to sneak in some stuff that might affect them right and yeah and realistically they're kind of there for their friends and mm. that's okay that's okay and god uses all situations he can use community yeah, oh, definitely yeah. oh yeah i have a, a friend of mine named uh, brett hall Who's a? He worked for Cross. Um, what are they now? Cedars, Cedars Church. 
<laughs> and he used to say this thing where, where you, you spend a lot of energy and a lot of time building a relationship just so you earn the privilege of being heard once. Yeah. You know, you could spend years getting to know somebody and all you're doing is building equity for that one conversation that when yeah. they're when they're finally ready, whenever that is, it's like there it is. Now yeah. that all that time was just for this moment for them. Yeah. 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 And I I think I think I I think I understand that. And I, I, a part of it is that's a thorn in my side. Hmm. Cause I mentioned earlier the brother that I texted that night I rededicated my life to the Lord. Yeah. He's actually not actively following right now. Hmm. So but there's nothing I can do, right? Right. There's nothing I can do but pray for him. But at the same time, it's like I have no control over it, and it's and it's crazy because it's like the the guy that brought me back is like now not following him. Like, yeah, oh, interesting. What do I do with that, you know. So here's a question about college, <laughs> kids. Um, there's 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 a big migration <laughs> that happens with them. So during the summer, they're all home. Yeah, and the ministry blows up. You know, 60, 70, who knows this summer, what, yeah. right? What's going to happen? And then winter comes and it shrinks again. And then some of them go, some come. So, it, I mean, how do you, what, what is your guys' approach to deal with that? Kind of like, you, you can't really depend on this long-term, long game with them. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more yeah. condensed, yeah. right? So what, have you figured that out? <laughs> like, what, what, what do you guys do? Well... I think one of the things we always do is is constantly pour into the leaders. Um, mm. If we have the leaders, uh, if the leaders are experiencing gospel transformation, uh, it bleeds down, um, and and it's it doesn't always have to be the long run. I've learned more and more that pinpoint conversations mm. where there's just certain times where God like softens their heart and then the holy spirit convicts you to talk to them and those <laughs> those go longer ways than you know having them sit there for every week or every other week for right. for for a year sometimes <laughs> that's why camps are so valuable sometimes because it's yeah. you, you get to kind of just walk away from life and distractions and and have meaningful conversations right and i think with me even finding out what it what it means to be a christian it's not always doing certain stuff, right? It's a lot of times it's seizing that moment. Yeah. Uh, it's not about it's not about it's not about oh what I can do here, what I can do here, how this ministry is going to turn out. It's about seizing every opportunity that you have hmm. and using it, being available and willing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, but it's hard. Yeah. I fight it. You know, sometimes I mean, not sometimes. A lot of times I'm selfish, right? Right. Yeah. I don't want to. I like. I'm an introvert, so I don't even want to talk to people a lot of times. It's like, <laughs> I go into a group setting, and it's like overwhelming for me. It's like, I see yeah. people. It's like, what, what you got to stretch. <sighs> okay. Yeah. yeah, and then you like find one person and go talk to them and like isolate yourself. Because yeah. it's like, yeah. I, I do pretty well with one-on-ones more than so. Yeah. Like, I like doing that too. Yeah. You, you kind of navigate a crowd and just find, find one person and just yeah. like, okay, I'm going to talk to you now. Yeah. And well, then, usually, I feel like those are you can get into more meaningful conversations. Because yeah. when it's in group, you just kind of talk about whatever or yeah. whatever topic. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're not going to talk about deep stuff yeah. standing in a circle of eight, yeah. ten people. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Well, what do you think is next for you? Because you, right now, you got a one-year-old, you got a yeah. wife, you got a great church, <laughs> you yeah. got eighteen twenty-two. Like what? Uh, what's up? I don't know. Ah. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think right now I'm I'm enjoying the season. I mean, God has blessed us tremendously. That's why we 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 see the opportunity to bless others. Yeah, and we're taking advantage of that, right? Like, so most people don't know. Like right now, I'm staying home, dad. Yeah. So I take care of Wyatt full time, and uh, uh, Donna's my sugar, <laughs> Donna's my sugar mama. So, <laughs> so, but but I I see that as an opportunity for me to. Um, focus on ministry yeah. that's why we're investing in 1820 that's why we were investing in amp and all of that stuff and right uh, just even in the relationships that we have and 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 but i don't know what the next thing is but i i i see the positive of being able to have laser focus yeah on a specific ministry where i'm not stretched well it's, it's still stretching me pretty thin because because when Wyatt's around i was just telling people this thing like uh, having having Wyatt has changed my life because there's no silence in the house. There's never any silence unless I'm not at the house, right? Or Wyatt's not at home, mm. and and it's it's affected a lot of things. Like I can't think straight. Mm. Uh, I can't concentrate and focus in prepping. It's just it's just a lot harder. Right. And we're already blessed because my family's close and they can help. But yeah. at the same time, it's still hard. So I don't know what that's gonna like, but uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know if Diana's gonna get mad at me. <laughs> we'll see how many people listen to this. Yeah, but we're actually expecting our second child in September. Shut up. Yeah. What? <laughs> really? Yeah. Get so, out of here. So yeah, we're actually September. We're, so September. that's we're going in for our eleventh week ultrasound. Get out of here. Yeah. So Dub K. That's gonna change things. Double baby. That's why I don't know what the next season is gonna look like. It's gonna get busy. Wow! So, I hope that this is gonna at me for announcing it on the podcast. Get out of it! Wow, what a privilege! Dub K, congratulations, man! Nice. Yeah, yeah. Two, a few people know, so yeah. Was there a plan to like come out with that? No. Um, okay. Well, we, this this was it then. That's the big well, the big news. On we didn't really make announcement for the first one either because <clears throat> we've been. Uh, if you know our journey, we we um, we waited three years for Wyatt. Right. Uh, we had a miscarriage in between. Right. So that was really hard for us, and we have encountered a lot of people who are having a hard time getting pregnant. Hmm. So we didn't want it to be like, yeah, people people might not get upset, but then at the same time, we don't want to like hurt people because yeah, about making yeah. a giant announcement. So we we decided that we weren't really going to do that. So. I, yeah, so yeah. people just kind of find out, and so wow. So you're three months in, right? Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's so that's going to be the game changer because yeah, it is. I don't, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know if I have the capacity with two kids to, to do anything. So, yeah. So maybe it's a season of uh, focusing on a family and and discipling them and and. 
with it with everything right right seasons will change and seasons will end and seasons will start so whatever it is so wow we'll see all right maybe maybe this is too early but have you thought about names no for number two well diana supposedly has some shannon told me oh we're hoping we're hoping for a girl but we don't even know if it's a guy boy or girl so it's too early so yeah wow man that's cool what a little miracle isn't that great yeah yeah Yeah. i love it little future poons (laughs) uh well if if why it's any indication you're gonna have the most adorable family in the world that Mm. kid that kid could melt (laughs) steel (laughs) we're we're hoping we're hoping for uh, another angel baby so that we can continue to do ministry <laughs> that's what we're really hoping for yeah because if we have a crazy baby yeah that's gonna definitely change things yeah that's i'm afraid of having having kids in a lot of ways because i'm afraid that they'll be just big and weird like me yeah. you know like imagine <sighs> it's just not easy you know <laughs> that's right Eating wow dog. dude that's great news I'm so glad I got to got to hear it like this. This is so cool. Yeah, I'm happy for you. I was waiting for your, uh, you know, lost for words. He's like, <laughs> it's awesome. I, I'm I'm kind of there. Um, yeah, I, I haven't been like stumped on my own show yet. Uh, back to the list. This is why I write things down. That's smart. So I think there's just there's a question that I love to ask everybody, and I got I got two of these for you. Uh, the first one is looking back at your at your journey, you know, hearing the gospel, going away from it, coming back, going to seminary, church planting, resonate, all this stuff. If you could paint one picture of just what is it about Christ, the gospel, that you have found so beautiful that you would devote your energy, your time, your life, even your family, to following him and making his name great instead of Dub K's name. Um, I think it goes back to just the love that God has for us, um, yeah, in 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 sending a son to die for us. Uh, I didn't deserve any of it, right? Um, but at the same time those who've truly experienced that love and grace there's there's great hope there's great hope that overcomes everything in this world mm. and i just wish people would be able to experience and see that and i want to be a part of bringing that hope to people yeah cuz i mean it, it 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 came with the way i grew up right? i grew up with fear instead of hope yeah and and i don't want that to be a part of anybody's lives I want them to have hope, greater hope than we can ever find in security and money, in our jobs, in our identity with mm-hmm. our family. There's there's greater hope than that, and that's the hope of, you know, salvation and 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 what and the grace and the love that Christ has for us. Yeah. Well, and that you know, the other question I want is right in that alley that there's, you know, there's more than likely teenagers. Who are going to listen to this? College students, you know, and and I'm I'm praying that many more find it. But you know, what what do you say to that kid 
or that that team, that high schooler who's who's in that spot of just like maybe they're being bullied. Maybe they feel hopeless, like no one loves me, no one likes me. I'm never gonna be. No, I can't. You know, in in that spot, like what what do you say to that kid? They're listening. I think I would tell them that this world is gonna disappoint them, and that's the <laughs> truth. Uh, whatever whatever they place their hope in, it's gonna disappoint them. There's only one thing that can bring true hope and true joy, and that's through Christ. And I would actually encourage the parents like I always do to mm. continue to love their kid and not judge them uh, that's that's what my parents did right. my parents continued to love me and not judge me um, I mean partly because they didn't know what was going on completely but at the same time that's what brought me back mm. it was the love it wasn't because they were like telling me not to do this telling me not to do that it's because they love me right regardless of who I am so it's beautiful yeah, I agree. It's that that unconditional, unbelievable, unearnable grace. It doesn't it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but it's true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful, and it never disappears or leaves. Even when you're so mad at God, right? Even right. when I'm so mad at God, so pissed at Him, grumpy, bitter. Yeah, He still loves me. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. Well, hey, is there anything else you got on your mind that you want to tell the world, or should we wrap it up? No. You're good. Hopefully, Diana won't be mad at me. Diana won't be mad. <laughs> Diana, you're awesome. You're doing it again. Got another one. Yeah. She's awesome. All right, then, man. Thanks so much for coming in. Nice. This is fun. I had a good time. Yeah. Got to learn a lot about you. That's pretty good. Thanks. Right on. Give me, give me a little high five here. Bam. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, there you go. We've completed another one on the Great Stories Podcast. Thank you so much, Dub K, for coming in today. Uh, What a cool story. And oh my gosh, congratulations on number two. Dude, this is so exciting. Uh, I love it. Uh, Those of you out there in the world of the internet, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Look for another episode in a couple of weeks. I'm going to have somebody on. Uh, Until then... Uh, share these episodes. Give them a thumbs up. Five-star rating. Uh, head over to the Patreon. Throw a few bucks this way to keep me afloat. And, uh, of course, if you want to come on the show, please come on the show. I want to talk to you. Shoot me an email. Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, God bless you all. See you soon. Ah, you're still listening. So you found the golden nuggets. I don't know if they're golden, but they're certainly nuggets. And they're at the end of the show like this. I just kind of pop back on and I talk about whatever is on my mind for the day. 
don't take up too much of your time. But hey, if you're listening, you want more, here's more. Otherwise, turn it off. Whatever. This isn't the important part. <laughs> uh, but I, I just had a, a couple thoughts that have been going through my head. Uh, and as, as my church has been going through this series called By Grace, and where we're exploring the ideas of how the grace of God uh, changes who we are, reforms us to be more like Jesus, and when, then we therefore uh, will start acting more like him. And, and the goal of the series is to confront people with the gospel and give them opportunities in ways that they can actually respond uh, and, and express the change that's happening within them. And one of the stories that we're going through is uh, the the parable of the banquet, uh, and this is when you know that the the landowner, the you know basically the rich fella, invites his rich friends to come to this banquet dinner, this party, and they're all busy. Oh, they've got this to do, they have that to do, they've got other things to do, and uh, eventually he ends up just going to the streets and inviting whoever, right? And then they end up coming, and you know the clear connection there is that. Well, we're the people on the streets. We are the outcasts. We're the ones that are forgotten, that are left out, that are undeserving of the, you know, the invitation to this banquet. And, you know, this is to represent Christ, inviting us into his paradise for eternity and inviting us into incredible blessing between now and then. But it struck me that, you know, the the folks that turned him down you know, we got a text. Uh, sorry, <laughs> the the folks that turned them down, um, that they, what what they didn't understand, was how beautiful it was. What what Christ was inviting them to, and I and I think it, it it struck me. You know, you look at the the tax collector and the Pharisee. You know, the Pharisee thought he was great. He didn't understand. Uh, you look at so many other stories in the Bible where the rich young ruler is another one that we're doing where, you know, he chooses his earthly wealth over basically the kingdom of heaven because he didn't see how valuable the thing was that he was being offered. And then that leads me to the contrasting story of the treasure in the field. And this is where a man's digging in a field and he finds a great treasure and he goes away with joy and buys the field. He spends everything he has to buy the field. And, uh, you know, this, this is the person that, that I want to be. And so often I find myself being the rich young ruler, you know, and, and the things that are sitting in front of me, these earthly things, these earthly priorities, not just money, there's all kinds of things that I see as valuable in my own life. And I, I prioritize them and I put them above the calling that God has given me. And in a lot of ways, sure, I, I could hold this or that up and say, oh, I'm, I'm great, I've got it here. Look, I've given this up, I've given that up, I'm devoted in this way and that way, but there, there are still so many strongholds within me that I hold back. And I, I don't really believe in, in some ways that, you know, actually throwing all in and following Christ with everything I've got is worth it. You know, I, 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 I kind of want to hedge my bets. You know, like, okay, yeah, I want the kingdom of heaven, but I, I kind of want also like this now. And the only explanation for that is that I, I still don't fully grasp, and I don't know that I ever will, but I, I hope that I can grasp more the, the absolute devastating beauty that the gospel is, that, that paradise is, that, that that whole gift of Christ is. 
And I, my prayer for me and my prayer for those of you listening is that we, we would grow through worship, through prayer, through reading scripture, through talking to people, through our communities, that we would actually grow to see more and more clearly how big, how beautiful, and how amazing the gospel truly is. And that that understanding would would lead us to see the other things in our world as so tiny in comparison. And it's easy to let go of something that is of very little value, right? And and I think the things that we hold as so valuable in comparison to eternity, the blessing of paradise, uh, they're they're practically worthless. And I think that's the point when we're able to really release those things. So that's a, that's just my thoughts for today. A little. A little scriptural nugget there. Hopefully that uh, that made some kind of sense. <laughs> but uh, again, thanks for listening. I'm so glad uh, glad people actually tune into this thing. I think the the total downloads are up to like 1500 now, which is crazy. I, I can't believe that uh, that that's happening. But I'm gonna keep going. Thanks for listening. See you soon. <laughs>